Government has called the action over pensions unnecessary and avoidable. Pat Carberry is the chairman of the Fire Brigade Union in Bedfordshire. The brigade will have firefighters strategically placed as part of their contingency arrangements. In the event of a major incident, we will also uh, be notified by the brigade that there is a major incident occurring and at that time the union officials will be asking uh, those on strike if they are prepared uh, to respond to that incident. Labour has dismissed warnings from the energy companies that Ed Miliband's pledge to freeze domestic fuel prices for 20 months if he becomes Prime Minister could lead to power cuts. The shadow business secretary, Chuka Umuna, said the idea was patently absurd. Mr Miliband said big firms had overcharged customers for too long. The Kenyan president, Uhura Kenyatta, says 61 civilians were killed in the attack on a shopping centre in Nairobi. In a televised address, he also said six security officers and five Islamist militants from the Al-Shabaab group had been killed. He declared three days of national mourning in memory of the victims and said Kenyans had come out of the ordeal stronger. We have been badly hurt and feel great pain and loss. But we have been brave, united and strong. Kenya has stared down evil and triumphed. In caring and giving, in loving and uniting, never tiring and not hesitating, in resolutely looking forward and never turning back, we have defeated our enemies and shown the whole world what our values can accomplish. Sports news now and defeat for Watford last night in the Capital One Cup. They lost 3-2 at home to Norwich in extra time. Meanwhile, in the conference premiere, Luton won 4-0 away at Woking, courtesy of goals from Mark Cullen, Alex Lacey and Andre Gray. The weather cloudy and misty to start, but brighter this afternoon with a top temperature of 21 degrees Celsius. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, Catherine. Good morning. How are you? Hey, did you have a nice holiday? It was brilliant, thank you. I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> I know uh, you don't. No, I saw pictures of you on Facebook tripping over in a Spanish church. That's all I need to know. Hey, that could be 200 quid from you've been framed, don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you must be quite envious. You're sat there in your nice warm air-conditioned studio with access to food and drinks, whereas I am stood outside at Luton train station in the I'm... cold and the mist. Look are you living the life. Yeah, I'm living the life of Riley. Do you want anything from the train station? A ticket or a photo booth or anything? Um... Now you're all right. See you later. Enjoy. Hit that bed. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, coming live from outside Luton train station. It's a little bit misty. It's not actually that chilly, though. I thought it'd be freezing cold. It's, it's, it's rather warm. Who'd have thought? Warm is an exaggeration, let's be honest. It's, yes. Today we are coming live from Luton train station, where the railway line links up with London to Dunstable's new guided busway. Passengers will be allowed on the busway for the first time this morning. Are you going to use it at all? What do you think? Are you going to have a go? Is it worth £91 million? Let's just ask that again. Is it worth £91 million? Well, today we're speaking to councillors throughout the programme who say this project will make a huge difference to the area. If you want to put a question to them, then give us a call 08459 455 555. Also on the programme, firefighters in beds, hearts and bucks will go on strike from midday. And is it ever okay to spit in the street? A man's been fined £160 for doing exactly that in North East London. Is it a bit steep? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or even though I'm out and about, you can give me a call 08. 459 455 555.
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's late, it cost a fortune, it's over budget, but on the 116th anniversary of the first ever motorised bus service in Britain, we are celebrating the opening of the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. Uh, the £90 million project, which is five months behind schedule, has been officially opened and the first bus has just arrived. We didn't have anybody on the bus. Oh, yes, we did. We're BBC Three Counties Radio. We had our man of the moment, Justin Dealey. You were on that bus. I was on that bus, Ian. I was very excited. And some people this morning, when they got on that bus, they were equally as excited. Just one slight problem. I got on the bus at House and Regis. It was the dog and duck stop. Yeah. Now, that was going from there to here, where we are, at Lucent train station. That's the route, yes. yes that, that's the route. But the dog and duck no longer exists. So oh. I was looking around for a pub that no longer exists. You did have to phone up. I did notice you phoned up our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, who's here. Hello. <laughs> and uh, asked for very detailed directions yeah, exactly. on how to get there. Well, the thing is, if you're going to say it's the dog and duck stop, there's got to be a dog and duck. But th there's no dog and duck there. Well, does there have to be a dog and duck? It Can't it be historical? Pe the, the locals will know where that place is, well, won't they? Not necessarily. If you move new to the area, I'm looking around for a pub that, that's no longer there. That, that was a slight problem to me. How many... Oh, uh, Paul Scoynes. I do understand that Central Beds Council is to employ a dog and a duck to now just stand by the store permanently. At a cost of £1 million a year. I'm joking, it's satire, guys. You wouldn't be telling Bremner off about it. Now, how many people were on the bus with you? Um, the whole journey, about 10 people. I believe we have got some audio. Um, the bus was on time, so I was on the bus from 5.30 this morning in House and Regis to here at Luton train station. Here's a, a little flavour of what happened earlier on this morning. Well, I'm now on the bus. It's cost me £3.41 to go from House and Regis to Luton train station. Uh, the first person on the bus, and it was on time, is Charlie. Charlie, you're very excited about this new bus route. Can you tell us why? Oh, yeah, because um, um, it cut my time short. And um, I, before, I had to take um, three buses to Watford, where I went. And um, now it's just two buses. So where are you going right now? You're going to Luton Airport or Luton Train Station? Luton Train Station. Okay, so Luton Train Station and then on to Watford. So it's now two buses instead of three. So have you quite literally been counting down the days until this service arrives then? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because um, with the old um, bus route, you know, it was like 50-50 um, chances. You know, sometimes I miss my 3 to one connection. Because yeah. um, by the time I get to Dunstable free, uh, bus 31, sometimes come late and to get to Luton you know by the time I get to Luton my bus is already left yeah. for Watford so but this one is just perfect and lastly a word on on the bus and the bus stop itself um, everything seems to be very new and very very shiny yeah I'm looking forward to the route itself and um, first time on the rail track <laughs> as well so I'm looking forward to that I've just moved uh, along the bus uh, here's Tony who's got some very different views to Charlie. You're travelling from House and Regis to Dunstable this morning. You think this is a complete and utter waste of money. Can you tell us why? Well, I think it could have just been a... Instead of a guided bus route, it could have just been a bus lane and save all that money and all that digging up the roads and all that to, to just to make the, a, a, it's a normal bus route, really. Don't, don't need a guided bus route. Do you think people are going to use this service? Um... Yeah, they'll use it, yeah, I think so, but a lot of people don't can't get to the, the bus routes where, where they are. You know, like, like Luton Downsmore Hospital, uh, that's out of their way. 
Now, Shelley, you've just got on the bus at the Winston Churchill in Dunstable. You've got on the bus, you are smiling, you're quite loud, you seem very, very happy. Tell us why you're happy. Oh, well, basically, I work at the airport and uh, I used to get the 61 service that used to go direct. Um, and when it all changed, it was a really like disappointing. And so I've been really waiting for this. It gives me a direct service straight to from from basically my home right up to the airport doors gets me to work on time saves me a lot of stress um, I hear so many people um, these last few weeks sort of moaning on buses and I really want to turn around and say you know just give it a chance I've used it in Cambridge um, it, it cut my service time in Cambridge fab um, so I just want to see how it works it's you know it's um, I've had a taste of it in another in another town and I just think it'd be really good um, but People just, I think, are fearful of change. And there's obviously been some bad press. Sort of thing. And I just think, just give it a chance. So it's worked for you in Cambridge, and yeah. you've got no doubt it'll work for you here I'm, in Bedfordshire. Yeah, yeah, I'm positive about it. And um, until it sort of shows me that it's not working, then I'm quite happy to get it, yeah. I've never seen somebody so happy about a bus. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Especially this time of the morning. Yeah, listen, have a great day at work. Thank you very yeah, much. thanks. Yeah, see you later. <laughs>
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, were you present, gentlemen, not not women, obviously you were, at the birth of your children? There's a story in the papers about Simon Cowell not wanting to uh, to see all of the gory action. And trust me, chaps, it is gory action. Uh, 08459 455 555. We'll talk about that in a bit. But before that, as it's coming up, well, it's exactly quarter past six. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much, Ian. Good morning. Things looking nice and clear so far today. No trouble on the motorways at the minute. The M25 looking good through the roadworks between the A1M and the A10. And no delays on the M40. Again, of course, we've got works. They're up at Junction 7 for Tame. Narrow lanes and the 50 mile an hour restriction both ways around there. Those works are going to be ongoing possibly through until mid-December. Works in Beaconsfield yet to cause any hold-ups this morning, but they will as the morning goes on. Along Dorney Hill, the A355, there are some temporary traffic lights between Burnham Road and Hare Hatch Lane as you go down toward the motorway. A5, Milton Keynes, you've got the Fenny Stratford Bypass Works, one lane closed off for junction improvements as you come up to the McDonald's roundabout. They're doing works on that roundabout and it can cause delays along the A4146 and along Watling Street as well. Trains and tubes, though, they're running well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Morning, it's 6.16, it's Wednesday. Where are we? The 25th, I would guess, yes, of September. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's five months late and half a million pounds over budget, but today sees the launch of the guided busway between Luton and Dunstable and Houghton Regis. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday as part of a dispute over pensions. And in sport, Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round. Coming up, firefighters in the three counties go on strike today for four hours. Do you support them or do you think that firemen and women shouldn't be allowed to strike? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... 30 years ago, Doug Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be fun. It was getting other people involved and just doing everything. I'm just a person that just loves to do things. Nick Coffer. EOS have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their version of the Tony Award winning musical Rent. 525,600 minutes. Quirkology follows the clumsy, endearing life of Rupert Quirk. A lot of people have actually said, you know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of yourself. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Stood outside Luton train station on a rather misty, yet quite mild morning. I've, I've got my thermals on and everything. I may have to take them off. I don't know if there's a delicate way of removing thermals uh, on a train station platform without getting arrested. Again, we don't want a repeat of what happened last time. Uh, you can come and say hello this morning. Don't touch us, but 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Or you can come and say uh, hello and bring us coffee and croissants, which I will be asking Paul Scoynes to test for me. He's my royal food tester. Is that still OK, Paul? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That didn't go wrong last time at well, all. Well, we all remember the last time that someone spiked a croissant with LSD. Yeah, we do. 
Now, from midday today, fire officers across Beds, Hearts and Bucks will join a national strike. The four-hour stoppage is over a dispute about pensions and is the first strike for a decade. Well, what do you think? Should the fire service be allowed to go on strike or do you think they are uh, putting people's lives at risk? Our reporter, Barry Caffrey, has been speaking with Heath Huntington, who's a fire officer based at Leighton Buzzard Fire Station. He explained how the strike action later will affect people. There is a contingency plan for um, a major incident within the county. The uh, Fire Brigade Union and senior management will have uh, organised and got in place contingency plans and I'm pretty sure a vast majority of firefighters would would respond to that call for help if there was a major incident in the area. And in terms of less serious, I suppose, minor incidents, kind of kitchen fires, that kind of thing, how will they be dealt with between 12 o'clock and 4 o'clock? As has probably already been said, the brigade have got a small number of fire appliances which will be on the run throughout the county for the duration of the four-hour strike. It will mean reduced response times. They probably wouldn't guarantee to get to you in the time that we would normally would, but there will be a response. So we would just again urge members of the public who are at home cooking just to take extra care with even the simplest little things like say leaving pans unattended etc just to be safe as they can be for that four hours i presume you and your colleagues don't want to to go on this strike but you know is it inevitable that you have to I think it is now. These negotiations with the government have been ongoing now for for over two years and this literally is a last resort. I'm absolutely gutted to be going out the door on strike and it it literally is the the final straw. It's the last thing we can do to get the government back round the negotiating tables, unfortunately. And do you think that we will see similar strikes happen then in in the near future, later this year? Again, I'm not privy to that information. I'm sure that will come from the, the Fire Brigade Union as and when they decide the strikes. But up until then, we will just have to sort of play it by ear, day by day. And just as a local firefighter for Bedfordshire, what sort of advice would you have for people who, who may be concerned that you know between midday and four o'clock there's going to be so many officers on the picket lines uh, again it's not just uh, fires which, which we deal with you see on the side of the fire engine it, it does say in big big letters rescue as well so it's absolutely everything because it is absolutely everything and everything which we do respond to we're the emergency service the emergency services call so whatever it is you're doing whether you're out driving walking in the hills, along the rivers, anywhere which you could get into trouble and may need to call the fire brigade. Just take time, think ahead what you're going to do and just try and stay as safe as possible for that time that we're out on strike. And I presume you want a a resolution to this as soon as possible? As soon as possible, because like I say, the last thing any firefighter wants to do is go out on the door on strike. And like I says, it is final straw. It's the last thing we have got to get the government back around the negotiating table. Well that was Fire Officer Heath Huntington from Leighton Buzzard speaking with our reporter Barry Caffrey and later on this morning I'll be speaking to the Chief Fire Officers of both Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Services. I'll also be getting reaction from union representatives to find out why they feel today's strike is necessary. You can have your say on this. What do you think? Do you think that firefighters are putting people's lives at risk by staging a four-hour strike? Do you think they should be stopped or do you wholeheartedly support them? 08459 455 555. Let's have a little bit of music.
BBC Three Counties Radio, wigging out at Luton train station to a little bit of uh, 69 stroke 70 Beatles. I can never quite remember exactly when that was. It was recorded in 69, released in 70. Let's not argue about it, for goodness sakes. Uh, coming up, we'll be uh, talking more about the uh, Dunstable to Luton, Luton to Dunstable. You tell me what you want to call it, Busway. Uh, will you be using it? 90, 90 million pounds. Hmm. I could have done quite a lot with that 90 million pounds. I don't know. What do you think? 08459 455 555. Now, story in uh, The Sun today. No, not snakes on a pane. I don't know the, who that's referring to, so I don't get the joke. But Simon Cowell, who I'm... Oh, is it definite? Kelly Betts, you know showbiz and, and, and things. Is it definite that this lady is having Simon Cowell's baby? If that's what it says in the papers, then who knows? Because I heard, uh, I heard a rumour um, that it isn't his baby. I say I heard a rumour. I, I, I've literally made that up. How will we know when, when she gives birth and it comes out with hair and teeth? That's the worst birth I've ever been involved in in my life. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, that's, that's, that's Dragon's Den. It doesn't work. Uh, but anyway, so he said he's not going to be at the birth of the... Uh, that's what Duncan Bannatyne... Anyway, uh, he says he's not going to be at the birth uh, of the baby. There are certain things, he says, that you shouldn't see. Well, that seems a little bit... Um, that seems a little bit odd to me that, you know, in the modern age, 20, what year are we now, 29, 2013, 2013, uh, that a gentleman would consider uh, not being on the birth. Uh, he says, I asked on the radio whether he will see the birth. He replied, are you out of your mind? There are certain things you shouldn't see, and that is one. I'll be close. So he may be in the same room, possibly in the hallway, possibly in the same country. We, we don't know. But he doesn't want to deal with that. Well, I was at the birth for both my boys. Uh, it was a magical, if somewhat bloody, experience. And while I'm not swearing, past me possibly is. Uh, the first one, my wife had um, kind of like a tent put up downstairs. Down, around, yes, because she didn't want me to see it. She got very embarrassed. Uh, and, hey, one thing they don't tell you, when you're, when you're having a baby, they don't tell you, is it an episiotomy? You don't know what it is. Well, basically, when a doctor walked in with a scalpel and went went downstairs, I was like, oh, my God, you're not going to. They did. And I walked past, and there was... Can we be this... It, it's natural, isn't it? So it's not particularly being graphic. Anyway, I walked past, and there was a... There was a I won't be... There was a bucket full of... Uh, on the floor, full of all kinds of... Uh, Horribles. The second one I did see pop out and it was amazing. And it, it just kind of slid out the second one. So here's a question for you gentlemen. Let's back away from the gore. Back away from the gore. This is how I normally talk outside a train station. Would you 
did you not go and see the birth of your child because you thought actually do you know what i'm a gentleman i yearn for the days when men would sit in the pub uh, smoking cigars drinking uh, bitter shandies waiting for the phone call for saying it's a boy mrs mr walker or whatever oh wait four five nine four double five five double five justin daly is um hanging out with me this morning strolling over very casually considering this is a live radio broadcast hey good morning <laughs> I like doing outside broadcasts with you because I get to see just how little work you actually do. Not true, not true. Uh, Births. Now, I know you're not a dad. Maybe you want to be. I don't know. But would, would, you, would you want to see everything happening? Yeah, absolutely. Because, of course, I can't understand Simon Cowell at the best of times. But this morning, I don't really get what he's saying because that should be a magical moment. By him saying, I don't want to be there, surely he's, he's ruining and denying himself of the magic. It is a little bit like that scene from Alien when that thing pops out of John Hurt's tummy. What's, what's wrong with that? It was a great scene. <laughs> Can you go around this morning? I want to find gentlemen who were at the birth and how special it was and also blokes that are like, I'm having none. Of that. I don't want to see nothing of that. Well, I don't think we're going to find any man who's going to say I don't want to be there or I wasn't there. I don't think we're going to find those oh, men this morning. I think this, I think this again is a Simon Cowell publicity stunt. That's what I think it is. Hey, he's not got a TV show out at the moment, has he? Um, I think he might have. Yes. I reckon. I reckon we will find someone. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Did you refuse to attend the birth of your child, a la Cowell? It's six twenty nine. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a little bit of a misty, foggy start out there through the Three Counties. Not everywhere is affected, but a lot of routes are. The M40 in particular. I was looking at some of the cameras near to High Wycombe and it was looking a little bit dense around there. But it wasn't as bad as yesterday morning, so hopefully things won't get too bad. Certainly it's clear in terms of traffic levels on the roads at the moment. No trouble as you make your way down toward the M25. It's definitely building up, but it is all at the moment flowing quite well. No delays on the M1 or the A1M that I can see on the cameras and things are looking pretty good as you make your way into London. The A1 and the A10 both moving nicely down to the North Circular. If you're going to be travelling by train or by tube you shouldn't encounter any delays because right now a good service is running. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning with the 6.30 headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. It's five months late and half a million pounds over budget, but today sees the launch of the guided busway between Luton, Dunstable and Houghton Regis. A 57-year-old man from Amersham Hill begins a nine-and-a-half-year sentence this morning after pleading guilty to child sex offences dating back to 1972. And firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday as part of a national dispute over pensions. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round last night. Afterwards, Hornets manager Gianfranco Zola was asked about being linked with the vacant manager's job at Sunderland along with his former Chelsea teammate Gus Poirier. He is talking to Jonathan Ledgard. I say I'm delighted, of course, because it means that... Uh, there's appreciation for my job, but uh, I don't like to leave uh, things unfinished. I enjoy what I'm doing and I feel very committed to this, to these players, to this club, to the supporters. And uh, so I, I like what I'm doing. And for the moment, I stay here and I'm very happy to stay over here. 
So over to Gus Poet then. I think you're going to be in good ends because Gus is a good manager so he can do a great job for them. In the conference, Premier Luton won 4-0 away at Woking thanks to goals from Mark Cullen, Alex Lacey and Andre Gray. Here's Hatter's boss, John Still. I think that the team ethic, the work ethic of the team was fantastic and obviously we, 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 we did finish some good chances and there are two or three others, if not you know, three or four others. So I'm very, very pleased with, you know, with, with what we've done. The Olympic champion Sir Bradley Wiggins goes for goal today in the time trial at the Road World Cycling Championships in Italy. After winning the Tour of Britain on Sunday, the 33-year-old rides for the rainbow jersey of world champion in the 58-kilometre course through Tuscany. Britain's Alex Dowsett, a time trial stage winner at May's Giro d'Italia, is also hoping for a top-ten finish. And Stephen Lee will find out today what his punishment is for snooker match-fixing after a decision by Tribunal Chairman Adam Lewis QC was deferred yesterday. The former world number five is likely to be given a career-ending ban. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at 7 o'clock. Catherine, listen. Yes. Atmos. Do you hear that? Hello? Yes. Yeah, she stopped. Hear... She stopped. Yep. Yeah, but that was Atmos. That proves I'm actually at Luton train station. Listen, you've had children, haven't you? Yeah. And Football. you had them, the, you had them the, the proper way, the way God intended, didn't you? <laughs> well, I don't know. It ain't you, natural, is it? You did, what my son, you did what my son says when he's trying to have a poo. He heaved and he hoved. <laughs> I'm heaving and I'm hoving, Dad, and it's not coming out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> was your uh, husband um, there and was he, did he see yes. everything? He saw everything? He did, even though I'd said to him to stay away from the business end. Yeah. But they kind of forced him to look. Why, why would they force a man to look? Well, I suppose, you know, this is what you've done. Anyway, he was quite sh- actually quite shaken by the whole thing. It it's is a horrific. magical thing, but he said he went home and he did have a little sob to himself just because it was so shocking. <laughs> All right, listen, I was there for both my boys. I didn't see the first one coming out. I saw the second one coming out. And actually, thinking back, part of me wishes I hadn't seen them coming out because it kind of changes. Yes, it's magical and it's a miracle and it's, it's all of that stuff, but it kind of changes, I think, the way you look at your wife mm. a little bit so may- maybe simon cowell's got got this right that yes he wanted you know being at the birth is a good thing but actually seeing everything happen i'm, I'm trying to handle this so delicately but i feel naughty when i'm stood outside <laughs> just seeing everything happen is a bad idea <sighs> do having, me a favor uh, fortunately you, i didn't have to look you see so i can't say i think this is a job for the fellas could you do me a favor Catherine? Mm-hmm. Yes. could you get pregnant again no uh, oh thanks kath Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We are live outside Luton train station this morning as the uh, Luton to Dunstable, stroke Dunstable to Luton busway is uh, finally opened a few months late. 90 million quid. Will you be using it? Are you going to be on it today? If you are, do come and say hello. Tell us what your experience was. Uh, We'll be talking about that and more things after a little bit of the monkeys. Could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring, but it rings and I rise, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaven razor's cold and it stings.
me as a white knight on his steed. Now you know how happy I can be. Oh, and our good time starts and ends without our love one to spend. But how much, baby, do we really need? Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, outside Luton train station. Well, we, we're having lots of uh, feedback about gentlemen being present at the birth. Although Mark on Facebook says, I doubt I was even there for the conception. Mark! Do you know what? No, do you know what he's saying? Oh, that's rude, isn't it? Uh, Remy's on the line. Morning, Remy. Good morning. Remy, were, were you there for the birth of your children? Uh, yes, all my three boys. And were, were, you, were you there in the room, obviously, offering support? Were, did yes. you Did you see them pop out? Yes, I see everything. I saw everything from start to the end. And you I saw the whole to... of the moon. Oh, was it, yes. Was it? Was it not a little? I mean, it is a magical moment, but was it not a little bit gross? Um, not really, to be honest with you. I'm, I, I'm with my wife since she was uh, 16, so we kind Sorry? of friends. I, I'm with my wife since she was 16 years old. Okay. So, so we kind of friends, or as well as as well as as, 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 as lovers, if I can say that. So you can I say it, lovers. Find, uh, yeah. So and I friends. Yeah, I didn't find it gross, really. Uh, yeah. The first, first delivery was the cesarean, so yep. I got everything on the camera, uh, on the cesarean, uh, on the operating theatre. Yes. And then the, I, I heard the, t- the doctor said, everyone have to be very spotless because we've got, you know, got the camera on the scene. Yes, yes. And Remy, so she was 16. How, how old were you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm two years old. That I'm so, about, so. And, and was the, the first one, without going into too much detail, was it was it an accident or was it planned? Uh, the first one was accident. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, naughty, ready. <laughs> but you're, you're still together and everyone's healthy and well, are they? Uh, oh, yeah, they're all happy and well, yeah. Excellent. Remy, thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Well, Remy was there and he saw it all happening. One of them was a caesarean. I think that's even worse because then you see actually inside their bodies. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's the telephone number. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Now passengers will be able to use the Luton to Dunstable guided busway for the first time this morning. The ninety million pound project, which is five months behind schedule, was officially opened yesterday. Our reporter Tony Fisher was at the ribbon cutting ceremony. 
Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you very much for asking me to come along this morning to officially open uh, the significant boost to sustainable transport uh, between Luton and Dunstable. Transport Minister Norman Baker opening the guided busway. But what does he really think of it? We can go back in history as to what the scheme might have been, and of course I understand there was a case for reinstating the railway, um, and you know, obviously my heart says that's a good idea, but the fact of the matter is we have got a high-quality public transport link between the two towns, that's important, and whether you wanted the railway or the busway, uh, either is frankly better than doing nothing. Railway would have been more attractive, wouldn't it, at the end of the day? Well, it would have been, but that wasn't the choice we were faced with. When I, came, when I became a minister in 2010, the choice I had was either to, ex, to, um, to agree to this and provide the £80 million funding or to cancel it. And it would have been detrimental to the town to have cancelled it. And I think, having looked at it today, it will work. It will be beneficial to Luton environmentally and economically. So now it's finally here. How will it work and will it really benefit those living in Dunstable and Houghton Regis and Luton? There are three bus operators and four routes with one going to the airport. Those living in Luton say they're not really interested in going to Dunstable. People from there and Houghton Regis, however, are more positive. Lindsay Frostick from Arriva says it will make a difference. We avoid the traffic. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the biggest difference. Um, 15 minutes between Luton and Dunstable is amazing. I mean, the journey from Houghton Regis to the airport it actually is 35 minutes end to end. You can't do that in a car, um, let alone on a normal bus. It's over an hour on a normal bus with a connection, so it's a huge amount of difference. The connection to the airport, that's, that's going to be key, isn't it? We feel that is key, yeah, for employment, for local people going on holiday, um, accessing from the station to the airport. I think we think that's a real key link. So you've done well to get that route. We're quite pleased with that, yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Luton Borough Council says it's still in negotiations with the contractor about the half a million pound overspend and other matters. Should anything go wrong, though, there is a 10-year warranty in place. Time will tell how popular it becomes. This stop is White Line. The next departures are Service 38 to Dunstable is due with wheelchair access. Service Our reporter Tony Fisher at the ribbon, ribbon cutting ceremony yesterday. Uh, I am live from Luton Interchange this morning where the busway links up with the train station. Joined by Alvina Hall from Dunstable Travel Hub. Uh, you help people, you encourage people to use kind of public transport and buses and cycles and things, don't you? Yeah, we do. We've got an active travel hub based in Dunstable in Ashton Square near where the marketplace is uh, where people can come in and get information and literature um, about travel, walking, cycling and using the buses and the guided busway in particular today would be out in Dunstable on the streets giving lots of information out at the different points uh, outside Asda, outside the Winston Churchill and both points on the high street. And you're very keen, you cycled in bright and early this morning looking far too perky for, for a quarter to six in the morning. What do you think of the new busway? The new busway is going to be absolutely fantastic. Traditionally, I mean when I used to catch a bus it would take me three quarters of an hour from Dunstable get into Luton. Now I can look at a 15 minute time slot to try and get from Dunstable to Luton um, without any interruption in my travel so I'm really excited about it isn't part of it um part of it's kind of paved but part of it's got rough shingle kind of stuff on is that right are we talking about the cycleway now yes, yeah yes. the cycleway um yeah it's, it's compacted down limestone majority of it has been compacted i've cycled in in the dark and the fog today quite sufficiently um as you get towards the luton end there's still i think a little bit of touching up that maybe okay. is perhaps in the pipeline but apart from that yeah it was a really nice cycle ride in and what feedback of a really nice cycle ride wow I, I, i'm a very cycle phobic <laughs> I, I have to stress uh, what kind of feedback have you had from, from people you've been speaking to? Do you think it's going to get used? 
Uh, the cycleway or the busway? I think both are both. actually both are actually going to be really well used. For example, the cycleway has already been being used prior to its launch. We've had lots of people using it, so it shows there was a need for that. And also the amount of people we had come into the Travel Choices Hub in Ashton Square, and we've had an average footfall recently of about 40 people per day wanting to find out more information about the busway, how they can use it, how they can link up with it, and how it's going to improve their day-to-day -day journey. 90 million quid. That's the thing that, that, that keeps me scratching my head. Is it, is it going to be worth that much money? Definitely. I think working with us, getting more people, encouraging them to use the buses, educating them about fares, fees and times and where they can actually catch the bus and trying to make that change in behaviour, um, we can definitely fulfil that, you know, actually make it worthwhile. And is it going to be beneficial for Dunstable? Lots of people said, oh, it, it's going to be great for Luton, but it's going to be people coming from Dunstable to Luton, not necessarily the other way. Yeah. Um, I think it can go both ways. We've got, for example, the children travelling to come into the uh, Central Beverage College and they're coming into our town, they're coming in hopefully um, going to benefit and use shops and various other areas um, within our town. So yes, we are going to hopefully see a big a big um, use of the busway and lots of people coming towards the Dunstable area. Alvina, if people want to find out more about Dunstable Travel Hub, where can they go and what should they be looking for? Yeah, if they could lock onto our um, Facebook page at www.travelchoices.co.uk, we can give more information for the Three Counties Radio and uh, yeah we'd be happy to help people. Brilliant Alvina thank you very much. Are you off for a cycle now? I'm going to cycle back waving at the buses on the way. You're far too healthy, far <laughs> too healthy. I mean, where's, where's my coffee? Alvina thank you very much indeed. Alvina Hall from Dunstable Travel Hub. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.45 exactly. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there's one lane closed. This is a lorry fire between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Looking at the camera through there, it's lane one that's closed. Traffic starting to queue and slow right down as it goes past the scene. Looks like the emergency services, if they're not there already, they are on their way. M25 also a little bit busy through the roadwork section, so further back as you approach the works at Enfield, Junction 25, on that anti-clockwise side. Bedford, the A6 along Greyfriars, they're still doing some roadworks near Beckett Street, and through Dagnall, water main work continues at the junction with the B4540 along the Dagnall Road. We're doing all right on the trains and tubes. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. All through that... I was calling Alvina Farrow, Alvina Hall. Alvina, I'm so sorry, that's, that's shoddy of me. Yeah, that's perfectly okay. It's very, very naughty. You took it with good support. You should have given me a slap live on air. It was Alvina Farrow from Dunstable Travel Hub. Apologies there. Right, it's 6.46. It's uh, Wednesday. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest news. Five months late, half a million pounds over budget, but today sees the launch of the guided busway between Luton, Dunstable and Houghton Regis. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday in a dispute over pensions. In sport, Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round. The headline... Uh, oh, look, coming up, our foreign affairs correspondent tells us the latest on the investigation into the terrorist attack in Kenya. More speculation in the papers today on whether a former Aylesbury resident was involved. 08459 555555. It's time now to get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thanks very much indeed. It's not a cold start this morning, but it certainly is a misty and in some places foggy start. We're at 12 degrees at Flitwick, 13 at High Wycombe at the moment, and 12 degrees towards the Stevenage area. But as I say, watch out for some pockets of shallow fog around. They certainly are with us right across the three counties at the moment. We've got low cloud elsewhere, even if you don't have the mist and fog. So it's certainly a slow and murky start this morning. And in fact, in one or two places, that cloud is just thick enough for a touch of drizzle just first thing. But it's lifting all the time. We'll start to see things brightening up as we go through this afternoon. In the best of that brighter weather, temperatures still above average for the time of year, around 21 Celsius, 70 in Fahrenheit. One or two spots may even catch 22 degrees. As we go through the night tonight, again, we'll see that low cloud and mist reforming. So another slow start tomorrow morning. Once more, though, we'll see brighter skies in the afternoon. And there's no significant rain in the forecast for the three counties until this weekend. On Saturday, might catch a couple of showers. It's more Sunday that we'll be looking at for the showers. Generally, though, the high pressure starting to uh, just fade away, but holding on for the next few days. So they're keeping those nice, pleasant temperatures with some spells of sunshine in the afternoon. I'm Sarah Thornton with your BBC 3CR uh, weather. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation, they were really, really unhelpful. They laughed at me. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. We have been back 11 visits each time because of the problems my husband's been having. Since the beginning of June, I've had no schedule freezer. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Gentlemen then agreed to refund me my money. As of yet, he's resold the vehicle and still no refund. The JVS Show, weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm outside Luton train station with the morning posse. Okay, Uh, Jay's in Berkhamstick. Morning, Jay. Morning, Ian. You've called in about being at the birth of the babies. Yeah. Um, I, saw, I, I really didn't want to be at the uh, business end. I wanted to be there, but not at the business end of the birth. Yeah. So I was hoping to just stroke my wife's hair and give her comforting words. Um, but my <laughs> stroke her hair up... and give her comforting <laughs> words? What comforting words were you hoping to offer? Absolutely no idea. No <laughs> idea. But, um, but as it turned out, she came two weeks early. Oh. And I had to deliver her on my own <gasps> on the uh, floor of our front room. No, you didn't, Jay! Yeah. Was this your first child? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was. Oh! How, at what point did you think, we're not going to get a doctor or a midwife out here, I've got to do all the work? Um, she was sort of in the bathroom, not to be too graphic, hovering over the toilet. Okay, good lad, thank um, you. Uh, put her hand to... to have a fit oh, she felt something yep, yep. She, and she said she could feel the baby's head oh my goodness so then it was a call to 999 and uh <laughs> yeah. they talked me through it <laughs> and, i mean how i'm assuming it went safely and everyone's well and healthy that's the first question yeah yeah, on earth yeah. Were you, was it relatively easy was it was uh... i want to say yeah because it, looking back now 11 months later it, it it did seem relative it was quite an easy birth yeah. from what we hear from all our friends who have also yeah. had babies um but still the scariest moment of my life. And, um, but I, I tell, I, I've blacked out all the bad stuff. It seems yeah. to have, you know, all the, all the horrible sights have sort of uh, 
gone away from my memory, so it's, yes. just, it's a nice memory of a birth now. It, it's funny, isn't it? Women are always banging on about how having children is so hard for them, but they, no one considers how difficult it is for the men. No, this, yeah, this is it. I'm saying this now because I'm not with my wife. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Is, uh, <laughs> I, my wife's not listening. Jay, listen, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Jay Thank delivered you. his first baby. Were you there? Listen, I'm all, I'm all for being present at the birth. Of course I am. It would be Neanderthal of me to suggest otherwise. But, but, being downstairs, 08459 455 555. Let's have some music. You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon you and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung and every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I want to go and play hide and seek I want to go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung Wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, live outside Luton train station. If you want to come along and say hello, please do, just don't touch. Uh, now, on to slightly more uh, serious international news. Three days of national mourning will start in Kenya today, following the terrorist attack at the Westgate shopping centre in Nairobi. 61 civilians have died, along with six security guards, since Islamists, uh, Islamist militants entered the building on Saturday. Kenya's president, Uruu Kenyatta, gave a televised speech yesterday to declare the four-day siege over. I promise that we shall have a full 
accountability for the mindless destruction, deaths, pain, loss, and suffering we have all undergone as a national family. These cowards will meet justice, as will their accomplices and patrons, wherever they are. Well, our foreign affairs reporter, Gavin Lee, is with us. Uh, morning, Gavin. The president has declared the siege over, but the shopping mall continues to be cleared and checked, doesn't it? Yeah, it's because of the sheer size of the shopping complex. You know, it is one of the biggest in the world, um, and it will take what the military have said, another 24 to 48 hours to make doubly sure. I mean, there is doubt, I think, for want of a better word, there is hesitancy about whether the fact all of the suspects have actually been accounted for. And, you know, there's something unusual in that as well for... If you think of recent sieges, Mumbai perhaps springs to mind at the hotel there or um, more incidents of late when you hear of this group Al-Shabaab, you know, a name that's been associated with Al-Qaeda, it's attached itself as a, as a wing of Al-Qaeda, a Somali-based group, um, usually there are no survivors and in this case the president said yesterday that there were um, five of the terrorist suspects killed, 11 are now under arrest and have been injured. So there'll be you know, scrutiny as to what information they can get now from this this group uh, the other point is you know this is something that this morning a lot of Kenya uh, national newspapers are reporting that um, the language used by the president was um, something perhaps that wasn't particularly appropriate it was very emotional he was looked on the verge of tears at times and said that we've shamed and defeated our attackers and of course that isn't the case Al-Shabaab is about 8,000 strong and, and active in, in Somalia and perhaps the the emotion got the better of the president. Uh, lots of questions are going to start now about how the terrorists managed to do what they did. Is there any suggestion that this was an intelligence failure by authorities? There wasn't until this morning, uh, and I think partly because of, of due course of playing out, really, that a lot of the press had waited until the uh, siege was officially declared over before they started to look at scrutinising um, how much... Prevention work had have been done because Al Shabaab had threatened this for months. You know they had said that while Kenyan troops are supporting a UN-backed government next door in, in neighbouring Somalia and helping drive Al Shabaab from the south, you know they would be threatening an attack on public buildings. There was no specific target and there's no specific suggestion on this um, centre. And in fact, you know, I'd been uh, a year or so ago, but my colleagues had told me in the past few months they had started to increase security checks on the building. So there was a level of security. Uh, how much will now be scrutinised? The other focus, of course, will be on intelligence for the future because that threat is still there and the, the government's working with the Israelis, the Americans, the British now and other countries offering counter-terrorism support. Uh, we've still got um, speculation in the British press about a British woman being involved, possibly Samantha Luthwaite. Are, are we any closer to knowing the truth about that? Uh, suspicions are growing, I think is the best way to, to put it, that one of the terrorists was Samantha Luth Luthwaite because the more, more and more eyewitnesses who were involved have come out and said there was a woman and this woman seemed to be giving orders, she seemed to be in charge of the operation. Um, there's n nothing in terms of substantiation from the British government. They've simply said they are, helping the, um, the, uh, they are helping the authorities in Kenya. We know Samantha Luthwaite has been on the run for two years in, in Kenya um, uh, and she has been wanted in connection with the previous al failed um, bomb plots but but no more in terms of whether it was definitively her gavin thank you very much indeed this is ian lee on bbc three counties radio 08459 455555 let's get the travel now with adam travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio 
problems on the M25 anti-clockwise. There's still one lane closed because of a lorry fire between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Lane 1 is closed about a mile before you get to Junction 16. The queues are well past Junction 17. It's also very heavy anti-clockwise as traffic goes into the roadwork section, Waltham Abbey to Enfield, and from the M1 toward Kings Langley, Junction 21 to 20. If you're using the M1 this morning, southbound heavy traffic from the Luton Airport Spur at Junction 10 toward Hamel Hempstead at Junction 7. It's pretty foggy out there still as you make your way down toward London. The A1 looking pretty good up at the Black Cat roundabout and no delays yet on the A1M but into London the A1 is definitely slow. Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. No delays on the trains and tubes. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're outside Luton train station. It's starting to get busy now. Still very, very misty, but I can see people going to work, going to school. Are you going to be using the busway? We'll talk after the news with Catherine. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. At 7 o'clock, I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, Bedfordshire Busway opens for business, firefighters strike over pensions row and Labour energy plans spark power cut warnings. BBC Three Counties Radio. The first passengers will travel on the Luton to Dunstable guided busway this morning. The £90 million project came in five months late and half a million pounds over budget. But although the Transport Minister, Norman Baker, admits an updated rail system would have been better, he insists the busway will be a great asset to the area. When I became a minister in 2010, the choice I had was either to to, um, to agree to this and provide the £80 million funding or to cancel it. And it would have been detrimental to the town to have cancelled it. And I think, having looked at it today, it will work with beneficial to Luton environmentally and economically. A 57-year-old man from Amersham Hill is beginning a nine-and-a-half-year sentence for child sex offences dating back to 1972. Geoffrey Solomons from Rectory Avenue pleaded guilty to five counts of indecent assault of a child under 13, two counts of indecency with a child under 13, and two counts of having sex with a child under 13. Police praised the victims for their bravery in coming forward. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday as part of a national dispute over pensions. The public's being assured contingency plans are in place and lives will not be put at risk. Pat Carberry is the chair of the Fire Brigade Union in Bedfordshire. It's never our intentions as firefighters to put the community or the people who pay for us in any kind of danger or risk. Certainly we don't want to see anyone being injured, uh, killed. However, we are taking this action and uh, uh, we feel that it's necessary and we are being told that people will still remain safe. Bedfordshire police are hunting four men who raided the co-op store in barton Clay in the early hours of yesterday morning. The group threatened staff with an axe and a hammer shortly after midnight, forcing them into a back room before helping themselves to a substantial amount of cigarettes before making their escape towards the A6 in a small dark-coloured Volkswagen. Labour have rejected claims that Ed Miliband's pledge to freeze gas and electricity bills could lead to power cuts. Mr Miliband told the party's annual conference yesterday that he'd stop energy companies from raising prices for 20 months if they won the general election in 2015. A senior executive at British Gas, Ian Peters, warned of blackouts if the industry couldn't react to any hike in wholesale costs. They can be very volatile, as they were in 2008, and if we have no ability to control what we do in the retail prices and that happened again it would mean those we are selling products at significant amounts of a loss and that would threaten 
energy security in the UK. Sports news now and defeat for Watford last night in the Capital One Cup. They lost 3-2 at home to Norwich in extra time. Meanwhile, in the conference premier, Luton won 4-0 away at Woking, courtesy of goals from Mark Cullen, Alex Lacey and Andre Gray. The weather cloudy and misty to start, but brightening up this afternoon with a top temperature of 21 degrees Celsius. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Catherine. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, live outside Luton train station, where we have been blessed with surprisingly mild weather. It could have been freezing, it could have been raining, it's just a little bit misty. I can deal with that. We are here because the uh, this is where the railway line links up with the Luton to Dunstable new guided busway. Passengers will be allowed uh, on the busway for the first time this morning. Will you be using it? come down and check it out. Is it worth £91 million? Uh, we'll also be speaking to councillors throughout the programme who say this project will make a huge difference to the area. If you want to get in touch, do give us a call. I'll give out the details in a bit. And also, Simon Cowler said that he's, while he's going to sort of be around for the birth of his, in inverted commas, child, he's not going to go and look at the business end. Well, I was at the birth of both my boys. I saw the second one pop out, and part of me is kind of wishing that I didn't. It wasn't particularly pleasant. What do you think? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send us a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR or give us a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, passengers will be able to use the Luton to Dunstable guided busway for the first time today. The £90 million project, which is five months behind schedule, has been officially opened. And the first bus arrived from Houghton Regis about an hour ago. Justin Dealey was on it, and boy, did he look thrilled. Well, it's been a long time in the making, and it has divided opinion. This is what people in Luton think. It's a waste of money, and everybody says it. And you'll be hearing plenty of that on your travels. A pure waste of money. I think it is, yeah. And they all say it. Yeah. The bus people and all say it themselves, they all know it. Yeah, there's never no need for that, but there you there's go. There's no need for that at all, none whatsoever. Well, well, I go over Dunstable quite often just to have a look around, and apart from Asda, there's nothing in Dunstable. No. Most of the shops are closed, boarded up, there's nothing there really. No, no, it's a ghost town. It's a place you'd never go shopping, Dunstable. I am in and I don't know when. I think it might help Dunstable because it's a ghost town at the minute, and it needs, it needs the people to visit it. So I think it's a good idea. So good for Dunstable, good not for so good for Luton. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think it makes a difference in Luton, to be fair. We've got the 31 bus that goes through Berry Park that goes to Dunstall anyway, so it doesn't make too much of a big difference. Would, it, would, it, would a little train link have been better, do you think? I think a tram would have been cool, yeah. but busway, we've got buses everywhere anyway, so yeah, I think it's a bit pointless. Well, I wouldn't be in a hurry to get on it to go to Dunstable. Why not? Because you don't really go to Dunstable anyway. There's not much over there in terms of shopping. Um, nothing over there that attracts me, to be honest. Same with you? Same with me, I'm afraid. I think it's a waste of money. I don't know what the benefits are. What are the benefits? 90 million it cost. I know it did. Couldn't it have gone on better things? If anyway, I don't get a bus. It's very rare I get a bus. Very rare. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't get on it? Well, not if, I, not if I didn't have to, but I mean, where do you park to get on it? Have you got to walk to these pick-up points or...? Because if you live in the other side of Luton, you might as well drive to Dunstable. Well, I imagine there'll be more people coming from Dunstable to Luton than there will people going from here to there, unless they work there. 
Well, I'm stood outside Luton train station, joined live by Luton Borough Council's portfolio holder for environment and Labour councillor Dave Taylor. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. Uh, and we also have on the line Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance. Morning, Robert. Good morning. Dave, we'll start with you first because you've braved the mist. Uh, why has it taken so long and, and, and at such a high cost? Well, I think it was the development plans. I mean, this is take, well, 20 years, I believe, uh, in, in, at the planning stage and three years in the construction stage. Uh, so, I mean, but, it, but it's, it's, you can see it's worth waiting for. Well, it, it's, it's worth waiting for. Lots of people are certainly using it today. 91 million quid, though, Dave. That's a lot of money. 91 million pounds, yeah, is a lot of money, but it's a major construction project. Um, if you look at what other major construction uh, projects have cost, and you look at what uh, HS2, the potential cost there is at 41 billion. That's a mega sum. It, it is a huge sum, but the, the, some would be, possibly argue that HS2 is going to be a worthwhile investment. Is this going to reap the 91 million pounds back? Yeah, I mean, this is a local project. It's, it's phase one of the regeneration of the whole area. Um, and you can see, you know, hopefully bus patronage when people will see the speed of the buses, um, the quickness, the convenience and the comfort. Um, they love them. Half a million quid over budget? If my builders were, were that much over budget, I'd sack them. Well, half a million quid on a, on a 90 million pound project, I mean, is, is, is regrettable, but it's, it's not that much. And I think because of due diligence, um, uh, we've made savings along the way. Robert Oxley from the Taxpayers Alliance, do you think it's worthwhile spend of £91 million? Well, I think £91 million is a huge amount of money to invest in this kind of project and the council need to make sure that they're getting it right. And if you listen to the clips beforehand, clearly many people feel that this is the wrong project uh, and certainly at the cost that, that, that this is coming into taxpayers. And it is over budget, it is delayed. Uh, and as Norman Baker, the transport minister, pointed out, it's not actually the project that they would have wanted. They've gone for a guided busway rather than a railway link. Um, you know, I think it's it's quite regrettable that they haven't uh, make, made the choice of the, the best link for the town. So I think someone needs to examine why why we've ended down a route that clearly not that many people are happy. Clearly the council are putting a brave face on the fact they've got this shiny new uh, gu guided bus path. But actually it, it does seem like this isn't the right project and certainly isn't satisfying anyone's demands. Aren't we being a bit, bit presumptuous though, uh, uh, Robert? Because if people do use it, if it does work, if it does get more people in Dunstable... And more people in Luton, then that's a worthwhile investment, isn't it? You're right, the proof will be in the pudding, but you know, uh, when councils and when local authorities are spending taxpayers' money, they need to be absolutely certain that the kind of investment they're putting down in infrastructure is going to have a return. It, it needs to be based on sensible plans and, and clear evidence that the, the scheme is going to be backed and supported. Now, you know, I, I, as I said, we will see how the passenger numbers keep up, but obviously uh, what we've seen initially is that people don't seem that supportive of it and that they don't seem that the cost uh, is reasonable. Dave, why, why go for a guided busway and not a rail line or, or just a road? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the, in the 90s, the, 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 the rail option was looked at, um, but it was never a real option. Um, it would, would have been much more expensive. You, ha you had the problem, um, a diesel shuttle service, heavy rail is expensive to run, um, and the other option was to connect with the Midland Main Line, which was never an option in the first place. We couldn't get anywhere with network rail. So whilst we studied rail, uh, it was an option at one time. It was never a viable option. But the busway can do a hell of a lot more than what a rail line could do. A few years ago, BBC Three Counties Radio spoke to some rail enthusiasts who claimed they could reopen the train line between Dunstable and Luton for just eight grand. And they even ran a train down there without permission. Was it seriously looked at as an option? 
It was seriously looked at as an option, but I mean, as a, as, as a mode of passenger transport, we're looking at you know value for money uh, uh, has been mentioned uh, uh, by the by the respondent there. Um, and I think when you look at it, and for the economic regeneration, and over a number of years, it'll definitely pay for itself. I mean, you know, rail is a very expensive option, trams are very ex very expensive option, and people say, oh, you should have had trams, but you need at least a conurbation of two million people. Robert, this, we, we do have to look at this over the long term, don't we? we? We can't make a snap judgment even in six months or a year. It's going to be several years uh, before we know if this has paid back for itself. Do, do we not need to just be a little bit patient? Well, of course we want to be patient, but there's, there's two points. Firstly, you know, uh, our experience tells us that politicians promising uh, economic benefits from huge infrastructure investments well, those rarely are delivered. Uh, you know, that it's normally a way of look. You know, this will deliver, this will will come, and too often it is either a, a project which the council or, or local authority wanted because they wanted that flagship rather than actually you know, based on hard uh, economic uh, fact. And also, I think you had a, a highlighting a problem there. They couldn't get a railway link because of what network. Network Rail said, uh, and I think this is, uh, highlights one of the problems that we have in our infrastructure investment is that Network Rail appears unwilling to take private investment, unwilling to allow uh, private investment to open up new lines. Uh, and here's a perfect example of where maybe where, you know, as you said, that three uh, counties had looked at this scheme where they could have reopened that rail rail uh, link for far cheaper, but sadly, you know, bureaucracy officialdom got in the way. And you know, the worry is is that yes, you know, this scheme might be a success, but there's also that danger that it might deliver poor value for taxpayers' money, and it won't be popular with residents, as you know, so far anecdotally we've seen. Well, Dave, th this is the thing. We uh, Have you had residents of Luton and Dunstable and in between come up to you going, Dave, this is fantastic. This is what we want our £90 million spent on. Well, when people experience it, then they may come to that conclusion, and, and I certainly think that they will. I think, But the problem that we've had is that I've heard the comments of, oh, it's a big waste of money, we needed rail. Um, you know that's that that's 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 fair comment. I, I think it's because people didn't realise what a bus busway was, um, and all I can say is go and experience it. You know, and, and we saw yesterday, um, and the times that we've travelled on it. You know, the speed and the comfort. You don't come across any other traffic, and there's options of buses to come on and off. And I think are the, are the buses uh, environmentally friendly, or are they just bog standard buses? They're, well, they're new buses, buses so I, I guess that they're up to, you know, their environmental standards. Uh, Listen, we, we're getting lots of comments on Facebook and on Twitter from people uh, who, who are kind of saying this is a waste of money. I don't want this to be a one-sided attack. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, yes, this is a great investment, this is exactly what was needed in the area, 90 million quid well spent, do give us a call. We will put you on the air, 08459 455 555. Just some of the, the comments on Facebook uh, uh, at random. Wayne says, it took so long, I thought they were building a railway line. Uh, Jan, I have no idea where it runs from or to. Uh, Neil says, I hope it does have an impact on traffic. Time will tell. Uh, and Graham says, whoever sold that scheme must be a great salesman. So we rip up a perfectly good train track and replace it with concrete track for buses. Trust me, it'll be worth all the 90 million. Lol. Uh, let's just pick one more. Adam, 90 million quid to provide a bus track no one wanted. What a joke. Can these bus drivers not drive for themselves anymore? We're getting a lot of negative comments. I, I don't want it to be an attack, Dave, but it, but that's kind of what we're hearing. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair comment. The lady says, I'm not quite sure where it runs from and to. Uh, you know, and, 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 and once you see it up and running, once, once you've experienced it, um, and, you know, the speed of the buses, I mean, we, it, it's, an, it's, it's a, a commitment to public transport in the town. When you look at the figures of, you know, only 20% of people in the conurbation have access to a car or, you know, own a car, um, you can see that that other 80% will benefit from, from, from this busway.
Robert, uh, 30 seconds to you, your, your final summary of the, the whole thing. Once you've seen how I've spent your £90 million, you'll really appreciate it, is basically the message that we're getting today. No, let's have a, a serious debate about whether £90 million is the best way to be spent before it goes out and, and attract public support before we do these large infrastructure investment projects, because that's the only way that we can guarantee that we'll get value for taxpayers' money. Robert, thank you very much. Robert Oxley from Taxpayers Alliance. Dave Taylor, thank you very much indeed thank for you. joining us. Well, you've, you've heard the debate there. What do you think? Is it 90 million quid? Well, spend 08459 455 555. And I don't want this to be a complete bashing, as I've said. I want this to try and be as fair and as impartial as, as possible. So if you are a supporter, if, you're, if you're, you've been waiting for this day with anticipation, then do give us a call, 08459 455 555. Or maybe you were against it and now you can see it up and running. You're thinking, well, actually, uh, it does kind of make sense. 08459 455 555. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. It's 7.15. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. It's the M25 causing problems so far this morning. Clockwise, one lane remains closed. This was after a lorry fire a bit earlier this morning between Junction 15 at the M4 and 16 at the M40. Now, this was originally reported as affecting the anti-clockwise carriageway. Turns out it was on the clockwise side. Thank you for the updates coming in on that one. But it is still looking very slow anti-clockwise past the scene of where that was. So you've still got delays from roughly Junction 17 to 16. Anti-clockwise also looking very slow, Waltham Abbey to Enfield, Junction 26 to 25, and as you go from the M1 to Kings Langley, Junction 21 to 20. The M1 southbound heavy from Junction 10 up at Luton Airport towards 7 Hemel Hempstead. You've got queues in fits and starts through there, pretty foggy on the cameras as well. And if you're driving into London on the A1, southbound through Boreham Wood, it's slow from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner. Trains and tubes, though, are running to time. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. It's 7.16. It's Wednesday. Uh, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The £90 million guided busway between Luton, Dunstable and Houghton Regis will accept its first passengers this morning. A 57-year-old man from Amersham Hill is beginning a nine-and-a-half-year sentence for child sex offences dating back to 1972. In sport, Watford boss Gianfranco Zola has dismissed rumours he may be in the frame for the job as Sunderland manager, saying he still has work to do at Vicarage Road. Coming up, more on a decision by firefighters in the three counties to take part in a four-hour strike today, the first industrial action like this for ten years. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Strictly's back. Who'll be the prince of the Paso and who'll trip up on their tango? It started with a sparkle as the stars were revealed. My favourite is the hairy biker. Mr Chaplin. I think he's going to surprise us. Sophie Alice-Baxter. Mark Benton. He'll really enjoy it. Then the pro dancers added their glitter. Ola's gorgeous. Pasha. Artem. He's got a really strong presence. James. Cheeky Chappy. <laughs> and now the judges want to see who will dazzle on the dance floor. Let's skip to the good bit. Natalie, I think she'll have that flair. She'll be a strong girl. Big Ben, sportsmen always go for it. A weekend of Strictly Come Dancing starts Friday night at 9 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. More 
morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're outside Luton Station. It's misty. I think it's getting a little bit chillier. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll need to have one more coffee to uh, finally uh, ascertain that. We're joined by cyclist Doug. Good morning, Doug. Hi, good morning. Now, you, you have, have you cycled along the new cycleway? Yes, I've been using it uh, going to work for about the last month. I've done it uh, once or twice a week now. How have you found it? Overall, I'm pretty impressed with it, but there's a few shortcomings. Um, well, those include the surface is pretty stony, it's pretty rough. and That I, seems a basic for bicycles, to have kind of a smooth surface. Well, you'd hope so, yes. I think it's an improving matter, but it's still a little bit too rough here and there. And also, there's a number of barriers which cyclists and walkers need to use in order to get onto the busway, onto the cycleway. And, you know, I'm an average build person, but I've really got to struggle and wriggle my way through. I would say you're a very slim gentleman, slimmer than me. And so, what, are you having to kind of slow down to go through these barriers or get off or what? Well, yes, like other cyclists, I need to do a bit of a contortionist uh, act to get through. And with uh, slim handlebars, I can get through OK. But there's a number of other cyclists using mountain bikes and things that are really having problems getting through. And I'd say also the uh, little stretch along Hatter's Way by uh, the football ground, it's a difficult design aspect, but that really needs looking at again. The, the cycle track, it narrows to about one metre in width, and on one side you've got the busway, on the other side you've got the, the road, there's no barriers at all, that's a hazard. And one thing I would say actually, to, uh, if I may, to any of the councillors or council offices, if they've not cycled along there and they'd like someone to go along with them, Friday, Saturday, I'd be happy to do that. I'd be happy to have a nice, gentle bike ride with them. You, you have a blog about this as well, what's your blog so people can go and have a look at? My blog, it's called thecyclehub.net. Dave Taylor. Is, is Dave Taylor still around? Dave Taylor's over there. He's a councillor. Go and have a chat with him. See if you can persuade him to go on a bike with you. He's a very nice chap. I mean, he'd be up for that, wouldn't he, Paul? I think so, yeah. We, we can't, obviously can't speak on his behalf, but we are. Go, we'll, we'll, Paul will introduce you to Dave Taylor. We'll see if we can arrange a little cycle ride between you and Dave. Doug, thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, this morning. I think we've just signed Dave Taylor up for a, a little cycle with a, with a listener to the show. That's good, isn't it? Uh, now, from midday today, fire officers across beds, hearts and bucks will join a national strike. The four-hour stoppage is over a dispute about pensions and is the first strike for a decade. Well, our reporter, Barry Caffrey, has been speaking to Heath Huntington, a fire officer with Leighton Buzzard Fire and Rescue Station. The brigade have got a small number of fire appliances which will be on the run throughout the county for the duration of the four-hour strike. It will mean reduced response times. They probably wouldn't guarantee to get to you in a time that we would normally would, but there will be a response. So we would just again urge members of the public who are at home cooking just to take extra care with even the simplest little things like, say, leaving pans unattended, etc., just to be as safe as they can be for that four hours. With these negotiations with the government have been ongoing now for, for over two years, and this literally is a last resort. I'm absolutely gutted to be going out the door on strike. And it, it literally is the, the final straw. It's the last thing we can do to get the government back round the negotiating tables, unfortunately. Huntington, a fire officer with Leighton Buzzard Fire Station, speaking with our reporter Barry Caffrey. All our fire services say they have put in place contingency plans to deal with the walkout and are reassuring the public they'll be able to deal with emergencies. Well, joined on the line now by the Head of Service Delivery for Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service, Mick Osborne. Mick, what contingency plans do you have in place? Yeah, good morning. Uh, 
Yeah, we do have um, robust contingency plans in place. Um, obviously, we've had to plan for such events for a number of years now um, as a local fire and rescue authority. And um, what we've been doing is encouraging our staff to do what it is they do best, which is you know provide a service for our communities. So we, we, we're confident today that we have robust plans in place uh, to cover any emergencies should they arise in the four-hour period. Well, people wanting to know, what are those plans? If, if their house is on fire or they need the fire service, what, what are the contingency plans? Yeah, our plans are generally during the week <coughs> in Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes, we have around 20 fire engines available, um, sort of normal fire engines, along with a number of specialist vehicles. We're anticipating today with our planning assumptions that we'll have a very similar number um, that will be located at a number of different locations across the county. So should there be an emergency, and indeed any life-threatening emergency, we will be responding with our usual speed and weight of attack. So Mick, is, is that how it's going to work? You, you'll, uh, if you get a phone call saying, hey, my house is on fire, you'll be out there. But if you get something that's perhaps a little uh, less important, you'll say, sorry, you'll have to wait four hours. Absolutely. We will be challenging calls. Um, oh. And we've got our control members of staff that are going to be working very hard to actually get as much information from any caller that we can, but we can assure the public that any life or property threatening incidents will be attended. We may have a, a slightly slower attendance time to some areas just because of where we're having all of our vehicles located. However, we will be responding to all life and property threatening incidents. Uh, at one point this week, you were going to lock officers out of the fire stations during the strike. Why was that? I beg your pardon, sorry? Uh, at one point uh, during this week, you were going to lock officers out of the fire stations during the strike. Why was that? Um, what we had was, there's a national agreement on recall or return to duty in the event of a major incident. And we couldn't reach an agreement locally as how that would work. So we needed to secure all of our fire engines um, in case of that major incident occurring. We've now uh, visited all of our stations and we've got an agreement with all of our um, firefighters that would have been on duty today that they will now return to work in the event of any major incident, which is, which is great for the communities of Bucks and Milton Keynes. Uh, now, this is the, the first strike, but if no pro progress is made, are you going to take more strike action? Well, we sincerely hope that there can be a speedy resolution sought between the Fire Brigade Union and the government, and that you know we can then continue along with our daily business of providing the fantastic service that the public deserves. Um, so, again, we have contingency planning arrangements in place should this escalate but we sincerely hope that uh, you know, a settlement can be reached as soon as possible. Uh, Mick, thank you very much indeed. That's Mick Osborne, Head of Service Delivery for Bucks Fire and Rescue. The strike starts at 12 midday and lasts for four hours. Now, we are outside Luton train station. Gareth, you just mimed to me it was raining. I know it's raining. I'm getting wet. I was worried you were walking out from under the gazebo, and I just wanted to let you know. But, but he did the, a, a rain mime, and I went, yeah, no, I'm getting wet. I know, I know it's raining. Thinking about you. Bless you. I'm joined by uh, political reporter uh, Paul Scoynes. Paul, uh, are you as excited as I am today about the launch of the guided busway? Well, it's a long time coming, isn't it, Ian? I think for residents of Luton, they've waited 20 years for this. Yep. Um, and uh, it's been three years in the making, as, we, uh, as we've heard several times. And, you know, I suppose it's... Hey, look, if you ever get used to come out of this train station a few years ago, it, it was a pretty grim place oh, yeah. and um, it, you can't deny it looks better definitely looks better i can see our cyclist doug is talking with dave taylor the councillor has he managed to persuade him to go for a bike ride on the cycleway well dave has just admitted to doug that he's not a cyclist although maybe he should be so i i think there's the embryonic sort of beginnings of a relationship of cycling there well, we're having a chatty bit i believe you've got some factoids we've for us factoids. so just a few little facts about the uh, the the busway more are, are they fun facts 
Some of them are fun facts. I would go straight to the fun facts. Okay, if you laid all the uh, concrete beams, of which there's four and a half thousand in, uh, end to end, they would run for more than 18 miles. Not, not quite the moon. Okay, uh, th uh, to the fun fact. Um, You're oh, listening. Oh, no, 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 sorry. 1,011 slow worms were captured and rehomed within five miles of the busway. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll move away from the fun facts. Hey, listen, if we get really desperate this morning, you can hear Paul Scoyne's story about how he saw a man uh, kill a kangaroo. <laughs> You can't, can't just keep hauling that one out. <laughs> well, we'll see how we get uh, this one. That, I thought that may be a podcast exclusive because it is quite a, a, an horrific story. So we may we may include that in the podcast this week, Paul. Why didn't you tell you about the Kestrel story on the busway? That's a fun fact. Let's, let, okay, let's we'll, we'll go back to it. I've walked away from it as the professional broadcaster of several years' experience. But but, but Gareth, who is mimed to me, it's raining. Thinks there's a fun fact about a Kestrel. Oh, well, there was one family successfully raised four chicks on a busway corridor earlier last week. OK, let's look at the front pages, shall we? The uh, the Times, blackout threat over Miliband's fuel pledge. Uh, energy giant says it's ready to quit Britain. Gulp. Um, and also, um, the, uh, there's pictures of some of the terrorists uh, in that shopping centre in Nairobi. Let's go to the Independent. The Pussy Riot Prison Diaries. Oh, that's one of the Pussy Riot Russian girls uh, who's in prison for having a really bad name for her band. Ridiculous. Uh, and Ed's Big Freeze, no rise in electricity and gas bills for the first 20 months of a Labour government. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, we'll play Dealey's audio a bit later on, I'm afraid, because uh, he's... Uh, I, I, one of the joys of doing an outside broadcast is I get to see how Justin Dealey works, and it turns out he doesn't really. Doesn't do a lot at all. Um, average household would save £120, says uh, the front page of the uh, Independent. Let's have a look at the Telegraph. Labour pledge to freeze energy bills. Again, I'm in. It counts for me. It works. Uh, and I'm going in for hip-hop, says Strictly's Mr Nasty. Oh, for goodness sakes, really? That's the front page of a newspaper. Miliband fires up Faithful with an assault on fuel giants, says The Guardian. Basically... Ed Miliband is bribing, bribing you to vote for him. And you know what? It's working for me, Kelly Betts. Yeah. Okay. You know you're in trouble when you turn to Kelly Betts for <laughs> political guidance. <laughs> Daily Express. How to beat arthritis pain. Exercise and healthy diet. Oh, for goodness sake. Is that really the best front page they can do? The Daily Mail, back to the bad old days. Fixing energy prices, grabbing land from property firms, boosting minimum wage. Red Ed revives 70 socialism. You're pointing to a bus, Paul, why? Just, uh, well, you know, it's, this is a new layout yes. for most of the buses and um, the taxi rank, the National Express to Heathrow Airport, has gone into the wrong area and is now trying to reverse out of what looks to be a very tight... You know taxis have got a very small turning circle? Yes. Yeah, buses don't have that turning circle, as we're now just seeing. This is, this is fun to watch. There is a taxi park behind it. Um, a comedy painter and decorator is getting into the back. Uh, I, I don't see how that bus is going to get out of this. This is It's going to take some time, I think, Ian. Well, while we're waiting for that, should we get the travel? Yeah, let's do that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
And we're just hearing reports of a delayed National Express bus. It's in Luton, um, M25 clockwise. There's one lane closed still. There was the vehicle fire a bit earlier between the M4 and the M40 on that clockwise side. It was originally suggested that it may have been on the anti-clockwise carriageway, but it's on the hard shoulder on the clockwise side, it looks like now. But there's still one lane closed. And anti-clockwise, still very, very slow past there. Chorleywood to the M40, Junction 18 to 16 is looking busy. You've also got delays from the M11 through to Potter's Bar, going into the roadworks section, and from the M1 through to Kings Langley, Junction 21 to 20. For people heading south on the M1 this morning, heavy traffic between the Luton Airport Spur and Hemel Hempstead, Junction 10 and Junction 7. Still pretty foggy out there, not as bad as yesterday, but a little bit misty on the cameras. Things looking quite clear on the A1M. No delays that I can see at the minute on the speed sensors. The A10 is a little bit slow through Chesant, though, coming down toward the M25. And you might encounter some delays approaching the Black Cat roundabout on the A1 coming from St Neots and Eaton Soken. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning with the 7.30 headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. This £90 million guided busway between Luton, Dunstable and Houghton Regis will accept its first passengers this morning. A 57-year-old man from Amersham Hills beginning a nine-and-a-half-year sentence for child sex offences dating back to 1972. And firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday as part of a national dispute over pensions. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 to Norwich in the third round last night. Here's Hornets boss Gianfranco Zola. They looked like they were going to score any moment because they were really moving the ball well on the pitch. Then our goal changed the, completely the inertia of the game. Uh, from that moment we would be much better. Still, we made a lot of mistakes in uh, in, in coming out to the ball. Silly, silly uh, balls lost in the first half. In the conference, Premier Luton won 4-0 away at Woking thanks to goals from Mark Cullen, Alex Lacey and Andre Gray. Manager John Still says his side more than deserved to win. We thought we'd tuck Andre in and play Luke a little bit wider, you know, make sure we're in the game, make sure we're comfortable and then we'll push Andre down the middle and bring uh, Luke Gatteridge to, you know, inside, not outside, just that inside position where he could get the ball and keep us playing but if he got an opportunity to cross that he would find that cross for us. The Olympic champion Sir Bradley Wiggins is in action today in the time trial at the Road World Cycling Championships in Italy. He's competing on a 58-kilometre course through Tuscany and is relishing the event. There's nowhere to hide. You can't predict what other people are going to do. They can't control what you're doing. It's a perfect race for me, really, because there's no mind games. There's no flexing muscles and posing and pretending you're better. You know, it's just, it speaks for itself. I love that about it. Propaganda doesn't matter. You know, it's just let your legs do the talking and that's how sport should be. Snooker star Stephen Lee will find out today what his punishment will be for max fixing. The former world number five is likely to be given a career-ending ban. And that's the latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at eight o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're outside Luton train station, the uh, interchange with the uh, the bus line. It, it's raining. It's raining. You don't need to mind this, Gareth. I can see, I can hear. Indeed, if I were not standing out, uh, underneath this gazebo, I would feel the wetness. The National Express bus that got stuck in the uh, turning circle 
uh, uh, for taxis has escaped, dear listener. It has escaped. Don't worry. Good things are happening. We'll be talking more about the busway in a little bit, but uh, we're also talking about Simon Cow saying he doesn't want to see the birth of his baby. Well, Luanne is in Flissick. Morning, Luanne. Good morning, Ian. Now, now listen, I, I've been thinking about this. I was the present for the birth of my boys, uh -huh. but I only saw the second one passing through, as it were, and I, I kind of wish I hadn't. Oh. <laughs> well, <clears throat> mine both came out the sunroof, so we never kind of got <laughs> the full, yes. full view of it as such, but um, I actually had my second one on TV, so I've got nothing to say about that, because everybody saw it, not only my husband. <laughs> Hang on a second, you had it on TV? Yeah. Well, you weren't on that one born every minute, were you? No, I was on one called Mum Plus One. I was on a Discovery Channel. Oh, so not proper telly? No, not proper telly, If my, no. if my mum can't pick it up, it doesn't count as proper telly. She can't even get Channel 5 yet, so... Oh. Uh, why on earth did you agree to that? That's crazy. Um, I had a, a terrible birth first time round, and um, they were doing a documentary, and yeah. uh, I got approached, so I said, yeah. But anyway, I'm not phoning about me, I'm phoning about Simon Cow. Oh, go on then, yes. <laughs> Um, I just think if he if he chooses to miss the birth, um, what else is he going to choose to miss during the child's life? Uh, well, what are you what are you saying? Well, you know, children need a lot of um, they, you know when they go to preschool, are they going to miss their first day at school? Are they going to miss their first football tournament? Are they going to miss their first nativity play? What else is he going to choose to miss because it doesn't fit in with his schedule or doesn't agree with? Your, as well as having a full film crew, your fellow was there for the for both births, was yeah, he? Yeah, in two left wellies. How really? How <laughs> much of a difference did that make to you? Uh, a lot of difference. It was a big support. I mean, I had a doula there um, who was basically, I don't know if you've ever heard of a doula, but she was a support person. That was what they were doing the filming for. But to have him there and to see his child, I mean, I think he was more overwhelmed at it than I yeah. was. I was very good. My wife was very, very ill when she was giving birth to the first one, and I was constantly... Uh, Me too. Yes, I was helping out with that. I was the one that nearly fainted, though, the first one, because yeah. uh, she was having her epidural, and I thought, well, I'm going to have a look at this, <coughs> and I saw the needle going into her spine, and I nearly passed out. Me too, when I watched it back on the video, believe me. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Luanne, listen, I it's very nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Luanne suggesting that if, uh, that if the dad doesn't turn up for the birth, what else are they going to miss out? I, I, I think being at the birth is a very important thing, definitely. But seeing all of the uh, blood and indeed the gore I don't think is necessary at all is it 08459 455 555 now we've been hearing from people uh, this morning who don't think building a busway between Luton and Dunstable is a good way to spend 91 million pounds 91 million pounds we're keen to find people this morning who do actually think it's a good idea if that's you you can either come and say hello to us at Luton Station or you can give us a call 08459 455555. Well, Justin Dealey, well, apparently he's found someone who thinks it's a good idea already. Now, Shelley, you just got on the bus at the Winston Churchill in Dunstable. You got on the bus, you are smiling, you're quite loud, you seem very, very happy. Tell us why you're happy. Oh, well, basically, I work at the airport and uh, I used to get the 61 service that used to go direct. Um, and when it all changed, it was really like disappointing. And so I've been really waiting for this. It gives me a direct service straight to from from basically my home right up to the airport doors gets me to work on time saves me a lot of stress um, I hear so many people um, these last few weeks sort of moaning on buses and I really want to turn around and say you know just give it a chance I've used it in Cambridge um, it, it cut my 
service time in Cambridge Fab. Um, so I just want to see how it works. It's you know, it's um, I've had a taste of it in another in another town, and I just think it'd be really good. Um, but people just I think are fearful of change and there's obviously been some bad press sort of thing and I just think just give it a chance so it's worked for you in Cambridge and yeah. you've got no doubt it'll work for you here oh, in Bedfordshire yeah, yeah I'm positive about it and um, until it sort of shows me that it's not working then I'm quite happy to get it yeah I've never seen somebody so happy about a bus <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. Time in the morning. Listen, have a great day at work. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, see you later. (laughs) I have no idea where Dealey is this morning, but Kelly Betts, have you seen him? Um, He was strutting his stuff like it was night fever earlier. I don't know where he is now. He has had a very. I've never. If you see Justin Dealey approaching you in the street, he has a very unique style. You're right. It is that kind of night fever. Kind of what it's, it's virtually twerking as he approaches you. Well, Dealey, if you're listening to this, can you come back and then go and get us a coffee, please? For goodness sakes, because it is now, it's not being mild, it's now freezing cold and very, very wet. Now, the Luton to Dunstable busway is not the first to be built, and the most recent one to be completed wasn't an overwhelming success. The Cambridgeshire route, which links Huntingdon to Cambridge and Addenbrooke's hospital, ended up being two years late. It also went hugely over budget. Well, the council council recently reached an out-of-court settlement in their dispute with the constructors Bam Nuttall, who also built the Luton to Dunstable line, over who should be responsible for the overspend. Well, I'm joined on the line now by Tim Phillips from Cambridge, who was a strong opponent of the guided busway there. Morning, Tim. Good morning. Tim, what are your thoughts on, on the, the, the Cambridge line now that it's up and running? Have you, have you changed your opinion at all? We, we my organisation, Cast Iron, the Cambridge and St Ives Railway organisation, hasn't changed our opinion that we should never have blocked part of the National Railway Network to build it. Um, I, I'm glad to have this opportunity to make it clear that we don't object to buses, we don't even object to guided buses. It's the idea of taking part of uh, the National Railway uh, system out of the network and uh, of course these guided bus systems are completely isolated they, they'll never be fortunately there'll never be a network of guided buses around the country so we've lost some network benefits in order to get this transport scheme and at huge huge cost which could have been spent much more wisely how much cheaper would it have been to, to reintroduce trains on that line? Well, we put in a costed scheme for £50 million to reopen the railway. Um, the, the absolute costs aren't really the point in, in those terms because it's what, you could, what else you could have done with the money. Um, I mean, we worked out that on the amount of money that was spent on the Cambridgeshire guided busway, regardless of the overspend and the legal costs, you could actually have transported all of the people that are going to use it in six-seater taxis door-to-door for the next 25 years. Ah. So it has to be put in perspective. How well used do you think it is? Well, in terms of sheer numbers, it's quite well used, although I have to say it's not as well used as uh, the figures that were put forward by the County Council to the Public Inquiry Inspector, who said that there was going to be a step change in transport in our area, and I don't see a step change. Um, It is used by a large number of people, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't have had a large number of people using uh, a different set of systems, that is to say, reopening the railway, and vastly improving local bus services. You would have got got a much better value for money for, for the same money. Backers of uh, the busway say it will be a, a greener option, but you don't agree with that. Well, if it's railway versus buses, which I mean, it isn't really railway versus buses. No. We, we always said it's it's train plus bus, not one or the other. Uh, clearly, with electric trains and with green buses, you see, you don't need a hundred thousand tons of concrete to have a green bus. So the green argument is is a red herring, if you pardon the mixed metaphor. 
Uh, any views on the Luton to Dunstable bus? Where are you going to be rushing over today to try and use it? <laughs> I haven't r- rushed anywhere to use a, a guided bus if, if it doesn't give me the transport uh, route that I need to use. I don't, I'm not going to use it for the sake of it. There is certainly an argument in the Cambridgeshire system that a huge number of people using it are people on concessionary bus passes who are using it just because it's there. Now, I doubt that's going to be the case so much in Luton Dunstable, but I think your previous piece from the, the lady on the bus made a, a very good point. She started using the, their, the guided busway there in Luton Dunstable uh, because her original direct ordinary bus route had been taken away and she didn't have a direct route anymore. Well, what, what's wrong with reinstating the direct conventional bus route and reopening the railway? Tim, thank you very much indeed. Tim You're Phillips welcome. from uh, Cambridge, a strong opponent of the guided busway there. Do give us a call, because I don't want this to be a completely one-sided argument, although it, it looks like it's naturally veering in that direction. It is hard, isn't it, I think, for, for ordinary people, and I include myself in that uh, category, to understand how £90 million, or thereabouts, on uh, a, a guided busway could be... Uh, a, a sensible investment. It's such a huge amount of money, so uh, impossible to imagine uh, realistically, that it, it's hard not to question it. But if you are a fan of it, if you have used it, or you're going to use it, or you've been looking forward to it, could you give us a call? 08459 455 555. Um, let's have some of the uh, Facebook comments. Um, let's have a little look here. Neil says, I hope it does have an impact on traffic. Time will tell. However, with the anti-car brigade in charge at the town hall they'd no doubt cause more problems elsewhere graham said whoever's oh we've done that one um brian says what was wrong with building the uh building the buses a normal tarmac road with barriers at relevant places that would open as a bus approaches the millions saved could have been spent on fixing our crumbling road network in luton uh, mark says oh mark what a load of uh, well how do i rephrase this what a load of um, stuff and money He's used the S-bomb there, that's not appropriate. He's asterisked himself out so it doesn't get automatically censored. A bus breaks down, all will come to a standstill. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Adam says, uh, 90 million quid to provide a bus track no one wanted. What an absolute joke. So those are kind of the comments. I'm just have a quick scan through. Um, or oh, Matt says, sorry, Ian, I think I'll give this show a miss. Don't think I want to listen to the same moans all morning from the same NIMBYs who obviously preferred to look at the disused line for another 50 years rather than see a new development that has, yes, caused disruption, but to be able to get from my house to the train station in 15 minutes is, quite frankly, impressive. Matt Cardington is, is supporting it. We found someone. 08459 455555. Teresa's in Luton. Morning, Teresa. Hello, Ian. Are, are you a, a supporter of this busway? Yes, I think so, because I think it would be good to get to the theatre. Oh. Because uh, there's a stop not far from the theatre, and I think that that would be very good, because obviously there's loads of um, difficult to get parked and everything to go to the theatre, so I think that would be very ideal. So you can see yourself having a nice little uh, matinee performance or an evening out, getting a few sherries, going in and uh, watching Felicity Kendall and Tom Conti in a play, and then going home. Yeah. What was the last uh, thing you saw at the theatre? Um, I can't remember. I went. Um, I can't remember went to the Grove last year. I can't remember what it was. I think. Oh. But uh, anyway, it's, it's a very, very good theatre. The Grove. It's quite near the, the station. The the stop for the theatre, I think, is not far. You know. Well, Teresa, listen. When you yeah. do use it to go to the theatre, will you give us a call back and let us know how smoothly it went? Okay, then. That's fine. Thank you very much. There we go. That's Teresa. We, we we've got a couple of people giving it the thumbs up. A couple. Justin had somebody. We've had somebody on Facebook. We'll, we'll look through the rest of the Facebook comments and see if there's anybody else. 
and Teresa there will possibly be using it to go to the theatre. 08459 455555. It's a quarter to eight. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 still looking very slow this morning. We had the problem clockwise a little earlier. Vehicle fire between the M4 and the M40. The lane closure still in place through there. Lane 1 closed off, although the fire is out. You've also got delays anti-clockwise past there. Traffic very slow. Chorleywood to the M40 and then down toward the M4 as well. Delays from the M1 round to Kings Langley Junction 21 to 20. And slow, as usual, into the roadworks section approaching Potter's Bar at Junction 24. Starting to slow up a little on the M1. It's still pretty stop-start from Luton at Junction 10 toward Hemel Hempstead at Junction 7. Taking a look at the speed sensors and to and from Bishop Stortford, the A120 is slowing. Harlow, if you're going across to Harlow, expect a little delay on the A414. Welling Garden City not looking too bad yet on the A1M, but if you're going past Stevenage, the southbound side is slow. It's also looking busy from St Neots down toward the Black Cat Roundabout on the A1. A509 in Olney looking busy, as is the A5 approaching Markyate. Trains and tubes continue to run without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. It's 7.46. I'm Ian Lee. This is uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half a million pounds over budget, five months late, and the government would have preferred a rail link. But the guided busway between Luton, Dunstable and House and Regis is finally open for business this morning. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday as part of a national dispute over pensions. Fire chiefs insist plans are in place to safeguard the public. In sport, Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 to Norwich in the third round. Coming up, Simon Cowell doesn't want to be at the birth of his baby. Is that a good idea? Is it quite sensible or is he being a little bit selfish? 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the weather with Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. I've just been uh, looking at latest observations and also just taking a scout around some of the uh, traffic cameras out there. I can see uh, we do still have that uh, mist around the three counties and actually, as I said uh, the last hour, some patches of shallow fog as well. Uh, so do watch out for that if you're travelling around the counties. Also, just picking up on the radar, a little bit of drizzle from the low cloud that is around. So visibility in some spots, not as good as it might be, but things are improving and it's not a cold start. We're at 13 and 14 Celsius right now right across the three counties expecting a top temperature this afternoon of 19 or 20 celsius into prolonged sunshine maybe even 21 degrees 70 in fahrenheit uh, that's once we start to lose the, the cloud and it thins and breaks and gives us sunny spells this afternoon another slow start tomorrow morning after that mist reforms through the night's night with the low cloud again tomorrow afternoon we'll see things brightening up no sign of any rain until a few showers start to head our way on saturday uh, a better chance of seeing those showers come through on Sunday, so slowly losing the settled conditions, but in the meantime, the next three days, generally dry, some slow starts, but brightening up and feeling warm in the afternoon. I'm Sarah Thornton with your 3CR weather. Every weekday morning from nine, the biggest local talking points. There is only one professional force that can control chemical weapons. How can we, as a civilised country, stand by and let more poor innocent children get killed? The JVS Show. Harry's in Bedford. Let's see what Harry wants to say. She knew what the laws were. She knew what she was doing. She got caught tough. I disagree with the penalty. I think that for smuggling drugs, it shouldn't be a death penalty. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine. 
9, BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I was being uh, all rather full of it earlier on, saying it's quite mild. It's flipping cold now. It's cold and it's wet and it's miserable. But... We're having a fun time, aren't we, Paul Scoynes? Yay! Uh, and what's great is we are get, we're outside Luton train station. You can come and say hello to us. Not me, because I'm actually quite busy. But you can speak to the other members of the team, Gareth, Kelly Betts and Paul Scoynes. Uh, and we have been having lots of people coming up and saying hello and saying they enjoy the show and they enjoy the station. And it's nice, isn't it, Paul, getting to meet some of the listeners. We're, we're kind of normally hidden away hmm. in, uh, in the studio. So it's nice to meet some of the colourful characters. Yeah, it's nice. And actually, I was just talking to a gentleman who was about the busway, saying that certain areas of Luton, he feels, have been cut off. Now, they've stop some of the services so we'll look into that if you live in the stopsy area mm. certainly that's been a problem apparently so yeah but it's nice to be out i like being out of the studio it's nice to... it's a bit, bit fresher you were talking to him for ages did you swap phone numbers or something yeah we're going for dinner later <laughs> isn't that nice uh now we are talking this morning about simon cowell who said he does, doesn't want to be we, we're trying to get clarification we're not but he, we're not sure if he doesn't want to be at the birth of his child or downstairs at the birth of his child uh, look sharp the boss has turned up <laughs> It's not the big boss, don't worry. Look less sharp. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I was at the birth of both my children. I uh, was kind of downstairs for the second one. I sort of wish that I hadn't have been. It kind of ruined the mystique of... Anyway, Justin Dealey has been out and about getting your opinions on this. Justin? So, Frank, we're talking about Simon Cowell this morning and the comments that he's made. Uh, what's your reaction? He's a prat. He's really a prat, isn't he? He's a prat. Anyone who doesn't want to be there to bear their children doesn't know what they're missing. Yeah, it's one of the greatest experiences of your life. You say one. Was it the greatest experience yeah. of your life? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Despite all the gore that's going on around you, yeah. surely that's got to be magic because that's your child, isn't it? It is. It's great. Although my wife didn't think so at the time because when she asked me, I said, yeah, it was OK. <laughs> but it's, when you think back on it, it's a wonderful moment in your time. Now, Ian, you have two children. You were present for both of the births. Simon Cowell saying that there are some things that us men shouldn't see. What do you think about those comments? I think it's really going to miss out on something because when I saw my two children being born, it was quite a life-affirming event. And, yes, I, did, I must admit, I did weep a little bit. You had a few tears, did you? <laughs> I did, yes, actually. I mean, why do you think he's saying this? Because, to me, it just sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. He's... Um, probably saying it just to get himself a little bit more publicity if the truth's known if he doesn't turn up for the birth he's going to miss out on something now sir you have one child but sadly you weren't there for the birth can you tell us why uh, because um, the baby was distressed it was lacking oxygen and it was just an emergency cesarean you know life or death but everything works out in the end for yes, you. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Thank Brilliant you. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. So Simon Cow's comments about not being there for the birth because there are some things that we shouldn't see. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I, I, I don't agree personally because that chance was taken away from me through no fault of my own and, you know, for the sake of the baby. So that had to happen. Mm. But I would have liked to have been there to support my wife. You Is know, it something that you still think about now, that you think, oh, I wish I was there? Yeah, I do quite often think about it. I mean, when I see my son now, it's like he's bigger than me, but, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, you, you never forget what happened when he was born, obviously. You remember everything. It was snowing and, you know, it was just something you never forget. So if Simon Cowell is listening to this and he's not on the phone to his showbiz friends, your advice would be <laughs> retract those comments and go to the birth. Absolutely, yeah. 
Well, I, I do think I've, I've lost some of the mystique of my wife by seeing what happened downstairs. I just, you do, and it's a wonderful, marvellous experience, but I didn't need to see that. 08459 455 555. Sorry if you're having your breakfast uh, this morning. Uh, passengers will be able to use the Luton to Dunstable guided busway for the first time today. The first bus arrived here at the Luton Interchange this morning. The project has cost £90 million and is uh, has overrun by five months. Well, it's been a long time in the making and our political reporter Paul Scoynes can explain more. Paul, how did this all come about? Well, Ian, this uh, busway, as you say, has been a long time in the making. It dates back 20 years, actually, in, in its, uh, its sort of policy. It was agreed in 1993. It uses the old train line, which runs between Luton and Dunstable, and that opened in 1858, and it actually closed in 1965 as part of the beaching cuts. You mentioned the cost, though. It's officially £91 million. Um, that's some way, actually, off the original projections that were sort of when they were first muted to councils. They were quite a bit lower, um, around £79 million, but that then rose quite quickly when they factored in some other things. £80.3 million is the actual final amount of money that the government is putting up and the rest of that money is then being met by the councils and also uh, by private funding you know when, when 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 a developer builds something they have to give a bit of money to a council in order to sort of pay for services that's called section 106 money some of that money then is being paid for through that and uh, as i suppose it was adopted as a policy officially in 2006 supposed to open two years ago it's now open today what are the benefits well, the councils say that it will improve the health, the wealth, the uh, even the community cohesion of the area, apparently. Um, it will attract businesses to the region, it will reduce pollution, they say. And their projections, at least back in 2009, they weren't able to provide us with more up-to-date ones, were that they were going to hope to see 9,000 trips a day on all of the bus services. Now, we worked that out, that if they ran that 18 hours a day, assuming all of the seats are fit, uh, were, were filled that there would be around 11,000 trips because that would be you know there's more buses or more seats available than there were and uh, and the claims are that it would take 90,000 motorists off the road is it quick it's pretty quick it's certainly quicker than it was Luton station Dunstable town centre is officially 11 minutes uh, Dunstable to Luton airport 19 minutes um, uh, Luton Town Centre to Luton Airport, nine minutes, and House and Regis to Luton Station that Justin Dealey did this morning says on the website 25 minutes, but I think it's about half an hour. That's still better than it was. It was an hour and 15 minutes yesterday before the busway opened, so some improvement there. Now, before my time here at BBC Three Counties Radio, I know that lots of people were, were banging on about potentially other options, including rail lines and things like that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we put this to Dave Taylor earlier on. 1999 it was that BBC Three Counties Radio spoke to some railway enthusiasts who said that they would reopen the line for uh, the cost of £8,000. They would say that. I, I don't trust those railway enthusiasts. <laughs> um, they even, they say, uh, ran a train line uh, a train down the line without permission and just yesterday the Liberal Democrat Transport Minister Norman Baker who opened the busway admitted to Three Counties Radio that a train would have been more attractive. We can go back in history as to what the scheme might have been and of course I understand there was a case for reinstating the railway um, and you know obviously my heart says that's a good idea but... Railway would have been more attractive wouldn't it at the end of the day? Well it would have been but that wasn't the choice we were faced with when I, came, when I became a minister in 2010. 
Also, a Department for Transport study published yesterday showed there had actually been a fall in bus journeys in the last 12 months. Yeah, this is nationally. The key findings from their reports suggest that uh, there's been a, a 1.4% reduction in the number of passenger journeys in the last year. That's 70 million fewer journeys. And, uh, and uh, perhaps that's been caused by a 4.7 percentage increase in, in fares. And outside of those sort of rural areas, up to 5.7% as well. So quite a lot. And what they're also saying is that there's sort of mileage uh, on services which are supported financially by local authorities has again fallen by 8% this year, 17% in the next two years. And what in the last two years, what the, um, what the councils here, Central Bedfordshire and Lewisham, will be hoping is that this busway will reverse that trend. Paul Scoyce, thank you very much. We've been looking for people this morning in favour of it, and we've actually we're finding a few. Paul's in Bletchley. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. You're, you're giving this the thumbs up, are you? Yeah, it's a, yeah I'm a definitely a, a, Why? a support. Well, for a start, it's a third of the cost of a railway or a tram system. Um, with trams, you've got to have sidings, you've got to have maintenance depots, um, you've got to have signals, which means overheads all the time. Um, it, this, and also, somebody said, well, why didn't we have an ordinary road? Well, with, with a guided busway, your separation distance between the, the, the buses going in either direction can be, I don't know what it is, something like two metres. So it's a much better economical use of space. Um, and, um, you know, you, people going through to Luton Airport, obviously coming from uh, Houghton Regis, Dunstable, you know, you've got, um, there's an awful lot of people work there. Um, well, how you come you know so much about this? It, it seems like you've researched into this. <laughs> well, I, no, not greatly. I worked for Network Rail for 30 years, so I have a little understanding of transport systems. But, I mean, it could well be that Houghton Regis will have a park and ride sometime so that um, if they can find the space for it, so people can then leave their cars there, jump onto the buses and, um, and access Luton and the airport and so forth, you know. So, but, Paul, very quickly, you're in favour of it. When are you going to use it? And Well, in the next week or two, hopefully, I'll definitely be coming down and having a look and maybe even having a cycle along the side of it would be very interesting so uh, no 100% in favour I think they've come up with the right answer uh, to reasonable costs and also it won't degrade I mean the, the thing's built it was the bridges probably that cost a lot of money but it's going to be there for the next 100 200 years and Paul, um, let's say we've got to end it know. there thank you okay, very much thank maybe you can give us a call next week when you've used it and uh, see if you're still giving it the thumbs up 08459 555555 travel now with Adam Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. And so far this morning, it's been the M25 that's been causing biggest delays. We had problems with a vehicle fire earlier from Junction 15 at the M4, round 16 at the M40 on the clockwise side. That's still causing lots of congestion back around the southern stretch of the M25. But for your journey this morning, it means that there's a little bit of extra traffic on the anti-clockwise side that has been slowing past the scene. So expect delays from Junction 18 down to Ward and past 16 at the M40 and through to 15 at the M4. We've also got delays from the M11 through to Potter's Bar going into the roadworks section and it's pretty slow round the M1 junction at Junction 21 2. Looking at the M1 itself, there's a bit of heavy traffic from the Luton Airport Spur to Hamill Hempstead. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We are at Luton train station, launching the uh, the first full day of the guided busway. Are you a fan of it? Give us a call and we'll speak after the news with Catherine. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, Bedfordshire Busway opens for business, firefighters strike over pensions row and Labour energy plans spark power cut warnings. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the morning, Luton's new guided busway accepts its first passengers. The borough council's being accused of wasting public money by pressing ahead with the project. The driverless service between Luton, Houghton Regis and Dunstable has come in five months late, half a million pounds over budget and at its official launch yesterday, the Transport Minister Norman Baker admitted a new rail link would have been preferable. Robert Oxley's from the Taxpayers Alliance. I think it's it's quite regrettable that they haven't made the choice of the, the best link for the town. So I think someone needs to examine why why we've ended down a route that clearly not that many people are happy. Clearly the council are putting a brave face on the fact they've got this shiny new uh, gu- guided bus path. But actually it, it does seem like this isn't the right project and certainly isn't satisfying anyone's demands. <laughs> A 57-year-old man from Amersham Hill is beginning a nine-and-a-half-year sentence for child sex offences dating back to 1972. Geoffrey Solomons from Rectory Avenue pleaded guilty to five counts of indecent assault of a child under 13, two counts of indecency with a child under 13 and two counts of having sex with a child under 13. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday. The government's called the action over pensions unnecessary and avoidable. Pat Carberry is the chairman of the Fire Brigade Union in Bedfordshire. The brigade will have firefighters strategically placed as part of their contingency arrangements. In the event of a major incident, we will also be notified by the brigade that there is a major incident occurring and at that time the union officials will be asking uh, those on strike if they are prepared uh, to respond to that incident. Labour has dismissed warnings from the energy companies that Ed Miliband's pledge to freeze domestic fuel prices for 20 months if he becomes Prime Minister could lead to power cuts. The Shadow Business Secretary, Chuka Amuna, said the idea was patently absurd. Mr Miliband said big firms had overcharged customers for too long. Two women from the UK have pleaded guilty in a court in Peru to trying to smuggle drugs out of the country. Michaela McCollum and Melissa Reid were caught last month at Lima Airport with around £1.5 million worth of cocaine in their luggage. The pair initially claimed they'd been forced to carry the packages at gunpoint. And Kenya is beginning three days of mourning for 67 victims of the attack by Islamist militants on the Westgate shopping centre in Nairobi. In a television address last night, President Kenyatta said his country had felt great pain and loss, but had stared down evil and triumphed. In sport, Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round. Afterwards, Hornets boss Gianfranco Zola was asked about rumours linking him to the vacant manager's position at Sunderland. He dismissed the idea, saying he still has work to do at Vicarage Road. The weather misty to start, but brighter this afternoon with a top temperature of 21 degrees Celsius. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Hey, Catherine. Yes. You know, we are, and we are genuinely having a lot of fun here this morning. It's sounds great. It, 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 no, and we are having a lot of fun. But I was thinking we're having so much fun. Do you want to? And this is a once-in-a-lifetime offer. Do you want to swap places? Uh, what, you want to come and sit in this nice warm studio and I'll go and yep. stand in the mist? Yep. Uh, yep. Do you know what? I think you're so good at outside broadcasts. Uh, it would be a shame for the listener. Thanks very much, Catherine Boyle. I am enjoying myself, dear listener, but I am flipping cold. <laughs> It started off, it was nice and mild at six o'clock this morning. I think we were lulled into a false sense of security. And now it's freezing. But, still, we're meeting lots of nice and interesting people, so do come and say hello to us if you want. Today we are coming live from Luton train station, where the railway line links up with Luton to Dunstable's new guided busway. Passengers will be allowed on the busway for the first time this morning. Are you going to use it? 
is it worth 91 million pounds we'll be speaking to councillors throughout this program but we do want you to have your say you can go to facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr or send us a text 81333 start your text 3cr and with the news and i use that in inverted commas lowercase and in italics that simon cowell may not be at the birth of his uh, child we're asking is he missing out on anything i was at the birth of both my boys but for the first one i was at the top end the second one i, I saw everything and you know i kind of wish i hadn't 08459 455 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm here outside Luton Railway Station at the interchange with the new Luton to Dunstable guided busway. Today, buses have finally started running on the long-awaited route. It's been a joint enterprise between Luton and Central Beds councils. Well, we've heard quite a lot from a Luton perspective this morning. So what do the people of Houghton Regis think of the busway? A lot of money wasted. There are other things that are more urgent and things that greater need than a guided busway. Yeah, I mean, I was born in Houghton Regis and uh, I've seen all these changes, but um, yes, money could have been spent better. We'll probably try it out once we find out a bit more about it, where all the stops are and the links to it and that. In principle, do you think it's a good idea? If it makes it easier getting from one place to another, then yeah, it should be a brilliant idea. And it's a more free kit service than the one we've got. And bus service. You go to town, you could be waiting ages for a bus to pick, you know, to get back home. Anybody that's, anybody that's been caught in a traffic down in Bury Park, where all the shops are, say, sitting in a bus waiting there for half hour to come to Alton Regis, we gave up going to Luton. We would go a little more often now. So you think it's a good idea? I think it's a very good idea. Especially if you want to get a train or go to the airport. Our granddaughter's coming in from Scotland tomorrow night. She'll get the bus to, into Luton, into Outrageous. Do you think you're likely to use it? Uh, Is it a yes, good idea? Twice a week. Very good idea. Very good idea. I've got to go to Luton and back twice a week, every week. So that's perfect for me. Cut the journey time quite significantly. So you're looking forward to it opening tomorrow? I am, yeah, yeah. I've got to go to town tomorrow, so that's perfect. <laughs> well, joining me here in Luton is Central Bedfordshire Councillor Nigel Young and Dunstable resident Chris Pine. Thank you both for coming out and uh, braving the cold. Nigel, what do you think of the busway now it's up and running? I think it's absolutely fabulous. I think um, I've started describing it as an inter-urban transport system. Isn't that good? And I really genuinely believe that it's going to be a, a major economic regenerator in this conurbation, particularly for Dunstable and Houghton Regis. Is it going to make back its 90 million quid? I don't think you measure uh, making back 90 million quid in terms of bus fares. I think you measure it in terms of economic regeneration and it's part of a jigsaw and that it, it, headline of that jigsaw is the A5M1 link, the Woodside link road and the bus link uh, which is a sustainable means of reaching uh, this railway station that we're standing at in 12 minutes which means you can accurately time your journeys to the rest of the southeast. You can be in Paris in under three hours using the busway and that's a really bold statement but as an economic regenerator you can be in Dunstable in three hours from Paris. Chris uh, you uh, live uh, near the, the, the route of the busway in Dunstable we've spoken to you about your views on this before Are you expecting to see many Parisians in Dunstable? 
who knows you never know this world's a strange place but i think my my point is that it's cost a huge amount of money i think as we've already discussed it's gone over budget it's been 20 years in the making a lot has happened and changed in 20 years and i think the way it was if you like pushed through was that there was no sort of refeasibility study because Luton has changed, uh, employment has changed and I also feel if you look at the current buses uh, they're very empty, uh, they're not full at all and I just think it's an awful lot of money. Having said that, it's done, you can't reverse the decision, it's built and I would say that um, one of the key benefits that's always been promoted is that it's going to reduce the traffic congestion in Houghton Regis, Dunstable and Luton. Let's see if it does. Do you think it, when we, people are saying that they're going to use it to come into Luton, is it going to work the other way? Are you going to get more business and more people going to Dunstable? Uh, I think unless the, the shops in Dunstable improve and uh, the, the, the actual aesthetics of the place improve, probably not. Um, Luton's probably a bit more of an attractive place to shop. Having said that, a lot of people that I know tend to go to Milton Keynes, so they'd use the car. So I think, um, you know, what Nigel has said is I, I can understand where he's coming from, but, you know, proof's in the pudding, isn't it? Uh, Nigel, the, the, the problem that a lot of people are having difficulty getting their head around is the cost of £91 million. How would you justify that? Uh, well, let me just uh, point to a couple of uh, companies. One's expanding in Dunstable, Honeytop Foods, and they're going to they're going to create 200 new jobs. Uh, Prologis are coming to Dunstable. They're going to spend 50 million pounds building a speculative warehousing and office complex. That will be 500 jobs. One of the key factors in their deciding to come to Dunstable was it's now opened up to the airport and to the southeast. I agree with a, a lot of what Chris has said. I mean, there were two public inquiries. Time has moved on but what Chris didn't say is we've been cut off for the last 30 years since Dr Beeching took the railway away uh, Dunstable's been isolated and there's, there's been this huge uh, swell of opinion that if we were better connected Dunstable would be a better place so think about 700 new jobs potentially spending money on the high street and things will go upward from there. Chris are you going to give it a go? Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. I'd be silly not to because uh, I've got a house literally more or less on top of a bus stop. So I will give it a go. Um, and as I said, you can't change the decision. I think that if it's going to work, everyone's got to promote it and, and make it work. There's, there's a bus going past now, uh, Route A via the busway. It's empty. It, it is part of the problem that people don't know that it's open, they don't know the routes. Yes, it is. Uh, I think that a lot of the comments you're getting in on Facebook relate to the construction phase, many people who perhaps don't use buses, and I think that it's going to take a few weeks until everybody knows what time the bus goes and where it goes to. But if you're coming uh, to Luton or from Luton to Dunstable, why would you want to spend an hour and a quarter when you can do it in half an hour? You just wouldn't. You will use the busway. It's a natural choice. You will use yeah. the busway, says that. Well, Nigel, are we going to be speaking to you in a month? And it, it, what, what's it going to be coming? You're getting wet. Is, what are we going to be saying in a month? Well done, every bus is packed, we're doing really well, or mm, no one's using it? Well, I think in Cambridge they, they smashed their targets, didn't they, in the first six months to a year. They're now carrying three and a half million uh, passengers. It's a very different scenario. This is simply interurban transport, like the tube. You get on at one end, you get off very quickly at the other end, and you go to your ultimate destination. So I think it will work. I, I think at first it'll work, simply because it's a far, far better alternative for your existing journey and I think gradually people will say well why would I take the car if I'm going to go to London uh, or the rest of the southeast I'll I'll get down from my home because it picks up outside 
it, uh, all of the areas of Dunstable and Houghton Regis, and I'm going to have a fast, on-time, seamless journey. OK, well, let's speak again in a few weeks. And, Chris, we'll speak to you once you've used it, if that's OK. It will be, certainly. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Chris Pine, a uh, Dunstable resident and uh, Bedfordshire, Central Bedfordshire Councillor, Nigel Young. Thank you very much indeed for popping along. Um, OK, we've got uh, a caller on the line. Hello, is, is that Tony? Yes, it is, mate, yeah. H hello, Tony. Are you a fan of the busway? Oh, not at all. Total waste of money. Tell me why. Well, uh, I think, well, you don't seem to go anywhere. They just go from Dunstable to Luton and stop in nowhere in the middle. So people can't get, like, you can only go to one destination. Well, there are stops along the way, though, aren't there? Yeah, about uh, five, six. But that's, that's, I mean, that's surely the benefit is you will get from Dunstable to Luton much quicker, much smoother. You haven't got to worry about parking or, or, or how much that's going to cost. It, it, that's the convenience factor, isn't it? Yeah, but also I, I believe there's a hidden agenda uh, with, oh, with Luton Borough. Yeah, Luton Borough Council, uh, why do they actually need a link into Dunstable? Because I think they want some of the land to build houses. Oh, hang on a second. We're getting our first conspiracy, ladies and gentlemen. That, what, so the, where is this land they're going to build the houses? Well, all in Houghton Regis, Dunstable, uh, probably down by the um, Dunstable Downs, uh, Dalla Road area. Push okay, me, well, push link. OK, well, Tony, listen, th th thank you very much. That's our first conspiracy theory, that this is, a, this is a, um, a scam so they can get land to build houses. I'm not sure if I buy that, but I'm glad the conspiracy theories are starting to come out. Uh, Facebook, I'm just picking some comments at random on Facebook. Emily Smith says, waste of time, waste of money. Um, oh, here we go. Drake says, Drake has given us a little insight into his life here with this. I can't wait to take a ride on Saturday. I'll be heading into Luton for lunch and to purchase a new pair of shoes. Well, good for you, Drake. And Peter says, why, can someone tell me why the busway needed to be guided? Why not just a normal road? It's not as if the buses are driverless. Um, uh, and yeah, you can go and have your say there. Oh, wait, uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR uh, if you want to g uh, go there. Or you can give us a call 08459 455555. Or you can send us a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. I don't quite know how this technology is working, but somehow we are still getting your messages, even though we're, we're stood out here. We, you may hear some chatting in the background. Oi, shut up, I'm trying to do a radio show. For goodness sakes, that's Gareth. Gareth, you're a, prof you're a professional. You're still chatting, <laughs> for goodness sakes. Uh, we are outside the train station this morning. If you want to come and have a look and uh, come and say hello, you're more than welcome. Particularly if you're using the busway this morning. I'm keen to get your, uh, your first-hand opinions. Have you been on it? What did you make of it? 08459 455 555. It's coming up to a quarter past eight. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things still quite busy on the M25. Clockwise, there's that lane closed between the M4 and the M40. Congestion way back around the southern stretch of the M25. If you're making a journey anti-clockwise, though, you're going to find delays heading toward where that lane closure has been put in. Junction 20, Kings Langley through to 16 at the M40 is very, very slow this morning. Also quite busy anti-clockwise into the roadworks. So queues starting roughly back at the M11 in Essex and heading through to Potter's Bar and the A1M. M1 southbound, heavy traffic from Luton to Hemel Hempstead. The A5 is quite slow in Dunstable down toward Markyate. A41 slowing up as you get down to the M25, Kings Langley Way. Amersham Road, this is the A355. From Amersham toward Beaconsfield, it's slow moving. 
then once you get into Beaconsfield, you've got the temporary traffic lights on the 355 from Burnham Road through to Hare Hatch Lane. Also busy into London through Boreham Wood, Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. It's 8.16. It's Wednesday. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, On the morning that Luton's new guided busway accepts its first passengers, the Borough Council is being accused of wasting public money uh, by pressing ahead with the project. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday. Union bosses insist public safety will not be put at risk. In sport, Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round. And coming up, more on the firefighter strike. Do you support their first industrial action for 10 years? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back as this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the yeah. legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> You're going to start that trek. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Just, I just, just walking towards Justin Daly, who was here just a second ago. He's like a will o' the wisp. He's vanished, and he's not vanished to get coffee. He's certainly not vanished to uh, do his job which I'm still not quite sure what it is after seeing him in action. Anyway, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm outside on a marvellously wet and chilly day outside Luton train station. JVS is in the nice, warm studio. Jonathan! Oh, cosy and no fog here. Come and hang out with us for the last 45 minutes of the show, please. Yes, OK, no problem. Ah, are you doing the busway on your show? You better be. Uh, we are doing yes after ten this morning. Good for you. Good yes. for you. It's uh, it's it's very chilly, but we're meeting some wonderful, wonderful people this morning, and it's always nice to meet some of the listeners. Is are you sure? That's the, what it says on this piece of paper that has been handed to me. No, we've met some very nice people. It's, it's, it's lovely, and we get, we, uh, the boss has even bought us coffee and everything. Gosh, look yeah. at that. Literally living the dream. After Who, this, I'm going to go home and cry. Yes. Well, there we go. Well, coming up this morning on the big phone-in this morning... I've not finished. Oh. Yes, I have. In more ways than one. Right. Uh, coming up this coming on this morning on the big phone in at nine. Should the Peru drug smugglers come home to serve their sentence? The two girls who pleaded guilty to smuggling one and a half million pounds worth of cocaine from Peru may be transported to the UK to serve part of their sentence. The court in Lima has told 20-year-old McKenna McCollum and Melissa Reed they'll both spend six years and eight months behind bars. Well, the UK Foreign Office has confirmed there is a prisoner transfer agreement between the UK and Peru, oh. and the Ministry of Justice added that the country receiving the prisoner, the UK, would pay the cost of them serving their sentence. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think the Peru drug smugglers should come home to serve their sentence? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's the big phone in from nine. Do you want my uh, 
opinion on this? Yeah, I do. Yes, they should come back. Why is that? Because we're a humane, decent society, and the very least we can do is put them up in a decent prison and allow them to be near their families. Really? Yeah, oh, I believe that totally. We, we are, you know, we're a pretty decent society. Yes, they've done wrong. They'll be punished. They'll serve time in prison. But let's let them be near their families, for goodness sakes. Yes, but hang on a minute. It costs £35,000 a year, doesn't it, to keep a prisoner yep. in prison? So let's, let's times that by two. So okay. you've got £70,000 yep. times 6.8... Yep. £476,000. Did you just do that in your head? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I didn't. It, uh, no. <laughs> no, you didn't. Tim did it for you on a computer. No, I got it on a, I've got it on my calculator. In, in the great scheme of things, we, you know, we're talking about a road that's opened at a cost of £92 million. Just under half a million quid to allow some uh, misguided women to be near their family. It's nothing. But they were smuggling one and a half million pounds worth of cocaine. Oh, in that case, let's, let's keep them in Peru. You've changed my mind. From nine this morning, I want your views. 08459 455555. Should the Peru drug smugglers come home to serve their sentence? On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's go to the phones. Pat's in Houghton Regis. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. What can I do for you, sir? Yeah, I mean, this uh, this busway, um, yes, yes. a lot of us objected at the public inquiry, and it was the vast majority that objected. And like all consultations and public inquiries, they go, they've already been decided on, and that's what a lot of people felt at the time. Now, that busway was meant to take 1% of the traffic off the roads. That's, that's what it was projected at that time. Now, the traffic has increased significantly in those 20 years, and I would say to you now, anybody that's driving around, have, will you ever notice a reduction in the traffic when you go around the Luton and Dunstable? And you won't because well, we don't know, do we, Pat? Surely we have to we have to give it a, f- a few months. I would say we have to give it what three months to, to for it to, the system to to bed itself in, and then we might notice a reduction in traffic. And that would be great if we did, wouldn't it? It'd be great if we did, but you just got to look at the fact that these bus, buses come off of that busway or come through traffic lights. Now, those traffic lights are going to hold up more traffic to let them through. And if they're going through, you know, in the times they're indicating, there's going to be a lot of stopping and starting near the White Line estate, and that's already snarled up. So I don't believe for one moment it's going to ease the traffic congestion at all. Uh, one of your listeners said that you've got to get to it first, so it only serves a proportion of the population. And not only have you got to get to it, if you are going to use it and you're from outside the area, the other concern was, where are these people going to park their cars? Where are these commuters going to park their cars? Is it inside streets where the residents were up in arms in the first place? So there's a lot to it at the moment. and. Listen, yep. we've, got to, we've got to move on because I've got some guests with me, but thank you very much. Your, your uh, uh, concerns have been noted and will be duly passed on. Uh, now, from midday today, fire officers across Beds, Hearts and Bucks will join a national strike. The four-hour stoppage is over a dispute about pensions, and it's the first strike for a decade. Well, the government has called the decision to strike unnecessary and avoidable. Well, joining me on the line, we have Paul Fuller, Chief Fire Officer with Bedfordshire Fire and Rescue. And here with me in Luton is Pat Carberry, Chair of the Fire Brigade's Union in Bedfordshire. Uh, Pat, we'll start with you uh, first. Why are your members taking part in this strike? Uh, well, basically, the uh, government is currently uh, proposing to make quite detrimental changes to our pension scheme. 
Uh, the changes would mean that firefighters would uh, have to work until they're 60 years of age. Um, Reports compiled by the government uh, indicate that it's unlikely that firefighters would be able to uh, maintain a fitness level uh, to actually uh, achieve uh, a retirement age at 60. This would mean uh, we would have sizable numbers of firefighters being dismissed as a result of getting older and simply not having the same level of fitness as younger people. Paul Fuller, Chief Fire Officer with Bevershire Fire and Rescue. It, it, it does sound that uh, slightly unfair, doesn't it? I think um, it's a major change, and I can understand how firefighters would be concerned about those changes. Um, uh, my concern today really is about the safety of those firefighters that are continuing to work and the safety of the public that we're here to support. Um, and, I've, and the key messages really are during the strike action uh, for people to be a little safer, a little more vigilant and drive a little more slowly. Pat, will people be safe? That's that's the big concern, isn't it? Um, obviously, uh, our concern is also with uh, public safety. This uh, this dispute is not about putting people uh, at risk. Um, as Paul has just said, uh, there are contingencies in place to uh, ensure that uh, uh, there is a level of fire cover uh, and emergency response. Um, however, we are in a position where we have been in two years of talks. Uh, the government has stopped listening. Um, that is not across the whole of the United Kingdom. In Scotland, the Scottish Parliament has uh, come to the table with an offer which may uh, resolve the dispute there. However, Westminster are not having the same uh, uh, cons constructive talks with this. There are some people saying uh, that fire officers and service crews shouldn't be allowed to go on strike, that they should protest in another way. What would you say to them? Uh, I think uh, I, I'm glad you raised that point because I, I think there is a, a myth that uh, is out there that firefighters go on strike at the drop of a, a hat. Uh, the reality is the Fire Brigade Union has been in existence for 95 years. In that time frame, we've only gone out and striked three times. So three times in 95 years is uh, is hardly uh, uh, a, a huge display of militants. Uh, generally speaking as well, whenever we have had local disputes, that's been about protecting the service, making sure stations don't get closed, making sure appliances don't get cut. And that's about pr providing and protecting the service which uh, the public uh, um, have come to know and respect. Paul Fuller, Chief Fire Officer with Bevershire Fire and Rescue. Th th they have to make their point somehow, don't they? And I guess a, a strike is probably the only way they can get that message across. Uh, Ian, I don't think it's the only way. As Pat pointed out, you know, in Scotland, uh, there are active discussions going on without strike action taking place. Uh, my personal view is that they did not ought to be going on strike. I don't think it will achieve anything that won't be achieved by discussion. Well, it's raised public awareness of the situation at the very least, hasn't it? I think, um, yes, it has raised public awareness. I think that, that public awareness around the whole pensions issue in the public sector is quite high anyway. And to some extent, the firefighters have been caught up in that discussion. Well, what, what should they be doing instead of striking, in your opinion? I think there's a matter between the Fire Brigade's union and government. Um, and I, I should point out, it is a dispute between the Fire Brigade's union and government. There are many firefighters who will still be working today. Um, and the provisions that that has put in place is a very minimum response. It's not in any way business as usual. And that's why I'm um, asking public to help us by being that little more vigilant and that little safer and perhaps uh, being more careful with their smoking materials, candles and all those things. If they have an incident, call 999 
Um, but don't call 99 unless you do have a genuine incident. Pat, what's your response to what Paul is suggesting? The, the, the fire brigade union should be talking to the government more. Um, in order to talk to the government, the door has got to be open to actually reach the minister. When the door is closed and there's nothing on the table by way of an offer, how can we indulge in meaningful discussion? That's the difference between Scotland and uh, England and Wales currently. Um, we're not having people coming and wanting to talk to us uh, to see if they can resolve this dispute. All public service, uh, public sector departments are, are struggling and are facing cutbacks and cutbacks in pension. Don't you just have to suck it up? Um, we're a little bit different because uh, it's all about what happens uh, if you're no longer fit to uh, actually do the job. Um, for example, if a teacher's uh, fitness level drops, it doesn't mean they, they have to uh, leave the classroom. Equally, people in the uh, NHS, they can be redeployed into uh, different areas within the workforce. Within the fire service, there's no scope for redeployment. If you aren't fit and you can't ride the fire appliance, you're out the door. Could we potentially see more strikes if this doesn't work? Uh, unfortunately, that's a reality that uh, th this action today is a warning shot to the government to prove that we have the resolve to walk out the door. If they're not prepared to come and speak to us uh, and reopen negotiations, then further strike action is inevitable. Paul Fuller, your reaction to that? Um, I, I just want to pick up on the point about um, dismissal. In the last five years in Bedfordshire, we have had a very large, a relatively large number of firefighters, um, uh, probably up to, up to 20 over that five-year period, who have failed fitness tests. Not one single one of them has been dismissed. They've all been returned to operational duty through working with occupational health, working with our fitness advisory team. Now, fitness is not an issue necessarily related to age. There are some indications that as you age, it's harder to stay fit, but it's not um, a barrier. OK, Paul, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. I think you got your point across. Thank you very much, Paul Fuller, Chief Fire Officer, Bedfordshire Fire and Rescue, and uh, Pat Carberry, Chair of the Fire Brigades Union. Thank you very much uh, indeed. 08459 455 555. It's coming up to half past eight. Let's get the travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking quite busy on that M25 clockwise. We've got queues. The vehicle fire earlier between Junction 15 at the M4 and 16 at the M40 has been causing problems. They've managed to reopen the lane now, though, so you shouldn't have too much trouble once you get beyond the M40 if you are going clockwise there. Anti-clockwise, very stop-start through the roadworks from the M11 to Potter's Bar. Then again, it slows from Kings Langley down to the M40, Junction 20 to 16. M1 southbound, heavy traffic on the cameras. It's been patchy from Luton toward Hemel Hempstead, Junction 10 to 7. The A5 very busy this morning as well, southbound from Dunstable to Mark Yates. And the A1M is looking very slow from Hitchin at Junction 8 toward Welling Garden City at Junction 6. The A1 into London also slowing up from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. No trouble reported on the trains or tubes. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines on the morning, the Luton to Dunstable busway accepts its first passengers. The borough and central Bedfordshire council are being accused of wasting public money by pressing ahead with the project. A 57-year-old man from Amersham Hill is beginning a nine-and-a-half-year sentence for child sex offences dating back to 1972. And firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday. Union bosses insist public safety will not be put at risk. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round. Afterwards, the Hornets manager Gianfranco Zola was asked about being linked with the vacant manager's job at Sunderland, along with his former Chelsea teammate Gus Poyet. Here he is talking to Jonathan Ledgard. I say I'm delighted, of course, because it means that... uh there's appreciation for my job, but uh, I don't like to leave uh, things unfinished. I enjoy what I'm doing and I feel very committed to this, to these players, to this club, to the supporters. And uh, so I, I like what I'm doing. And for the moment, I stay here and I'm very happy to stay over here. So over to Gus Poyet then? I think you're going to be in good hands because Gus is a good manager, so he can do a great job for them. In the conference premiere, Luton won 4-0 away to Woking thanks to goals from Mark Cullen, Alex Lacey and Andre Gray. Here's Hatter's boss, John Still. I think that the team ethic, the work ethic of the team was fantastic and obviously we, 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 we did finish some good chances and there are two or three others, if not you know, three or four others. So I'm very, very pleased with, you know, with, with what we've done. The Olympic champion Sir Bradley Wiggins goes for gold today in the time trial at the Road World Cycling Championships in Italy. After winning the Tour of Britain on Sunday, the 33-year-old rides for the rainbow jersey of world champion in the 58-kilometre course through Tuscany. Britain's Alex Dowsett, a time tra- trial stage winner at May's Giro d'Italia, is also hoping for a top 10 finish. And Stephen Lee will find out today what his punishment is for snooker match-fixing after a decision by Tribunal Chairman Adam Lewis QC was deferred yesterday. The former world number five is likely to be given a career-ending ban. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Email 3cr at bbc.co.uk BBC Three Counties Radio Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're outside Luton train station. I'll be honest, I'll be honest, it, it's cold. There's, there's no denying it. It was, it was quite mild this morning. I'm joined by, by, by whole, the whole posses here. <laughs> Political reporter Paul Scoyans, did you ever think you'd be described as being part of a posse? Uh, only in my wildest dreams. You're rubbing your hands together, either like you've just uh, secured £100,000 or you're cold. <laughs> Which is it? It's the last, yes. I'm afraid. It started off very mild and very pleasant. Now it is jilly-willy. I can't work it out because I was I was led to believe that it was going to be temperatures of 22 degrees today. Certainly, Who not. led you to believe that? Uh, it was... BBC weather. <laughs> well, they've uh, they've messed up there, haven't they? Now, the reason we're here outside in the, the freezing cold, it, it's a good reason. Passengers will be able to use the Luton to Dunstable guided busway for the first time today. The £90 million project, which is five months behind schedule, has been officially opened and the first bus arrived from Houghton Regis, uh, well, a couple of hours ago. One issue that may arise is a stop on the busway called Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Apparently it's actually a, a fair walk away from the hospital itself. Not great for people visiting the hospital regularly who, I don't know, might have something wrong with them. That's, that tends to be the reason you go to a hospital. Well, we sent out our reporter, uh, Justin Dealey, um, to check out this route. Justin, you're, you're a little bit poorly yourself. Got a bit of a cough. Yeah, yeah, but I'm healthy, you know. You've got to think about disabled people. If they're going to be travelling this route, um, there are some buses which still stop outside the hospital, but this morning it's, it's relatively cold. It's quite wet as well. If that's the nearest route, it's a long way away. I believe we've got some audio lined up here. I did the walk earlier on from the hospital to the new stop, and this is what happened. Well, I've just completed the walk, which has taken me four minutes and 45 seconds. Now, I'm in my 30s, and I'd like to describe myself as as pretty fit and healthy. So if I was a disabled person, clearly that's going to take me a lot longer. Also, some confusion in the hospital as to where this new stop is. What you do, you come out of the main entrance, you go to Dunstable Rows, you cross the busy traffic lights there, and then you go down Stanton Road, and that's where you'll see the new stop. 
It's 700 metres from the hospital. But in saying that, as I look to my right-hand side, the buses which normally stop outside the hospital, they're stopping as normal. But if you look at the new busway, which has cost £90 million, and this is just my opinion, not that of the BBC, I think this stop is too far away from the hospital. And we have to stress that is just uh, just Justin Dealey's uh, uh, opinion. It's not that of the BBC. But d- d- you think it's a little bit too far, do you? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think if you're going to have, you know, this this new shiny bus route, which is going from Dunstable, Houghton Regis into Luton, I think that there should be maybe a point right outside the hospital that says, right, OK, we're spending millions of pounds on this, and that particular bus stop will be right outside the hospital. But feasibly, feasibly, is that a, a, a practical on any level to have done that? Well, is, is it practical to have a bus stop 700 metres going past the busy road where you've got to walk to the hospital. You know, I don't think that is practical from what I've seen this morning. If people know that it's a distance away, then they'll they'll make concessions to that, won't they? They won't get the, the, the busway if it's not yeah, possible. Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but, but if they're going to spend all this money on this new busway and make it convenient to people, surely it's got to be directly outside the hospital. Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. Well, I'm joined now by Beth Gregson, who is chair of Luton Health Watch and is disabled herself. Uh, Beth, good morning. Can you see there being problems with disabled people getting from the stop to the hospital? Um, I mean, there could be, I suppose, for us, because there is still the buses. So I think, it's, as you said, I think if the buses impacted on people being able to get to the hospital or their appointments were adversely impacted, then I think we need to hear it. I mean, our role at Health Watch is about people's voices and about articulating them rather than us having an opinion ourselves if that makes sense is is there anything that can be obviously there's nothing that can be done about it what will you be doing well what we need to do i mean our role is around listening to the views and concerns of people who use health and social care services in luton so what we need to do is if anybody is adversely impacted whether or not with some changes to bus services if they can't get to appointments or there's difficulties we need to hear about it and what we do is if we collect that information then we need to talk to the hospital to Lutonborough Council and say well what do we do to address these problems because our role is about making sure that people can access health services. And is, is that a, a continuing problem? Listen, I have to take my mum who's in a wheelchair to various uh, health places and it is surprisingly difficult mm. for people who, who struggle with mobility, isn't it? it? I mean, it is, but I think that's everywhere. I don't think that's a bus service. I mean, I'm a part-time wheelchair user, so, you know, I know all too difficulty that sometimes accessing um, services is really difficult and I think that's wider than the bus, busway. But I think what we need to know is if people who have mobility problems who are, you know, maybe elderly, could be all sorts of reasons. If they are struggling to get to services, then we need to know about it, because if we don't know, we can't raise that. And that is our job, is to, you know, we're not a complaint service, but if we hear three, four, five people saying, actually, we couldn't get to that appointment, well, then that's a problem. So that's something that we need to kind of discuss with whoever it might be that's delivering that service. Well, uh, Nigel Young has been uh, loitering with us all morning. It's very nice to have his company. Nigel's uh, got the headphones on so he can hear us. Uh, Nigel, this Luton uh, and Dunstable hospital stop on the busway, it is quite a walk away from the hospital, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, it's 700 metres from the hospital, which is quite a walk, particularly if you have mobility problems. But uh, it's pretty good if you're visiting because you won't have to pay car parking charges. So I think that's, that's mainly who would want to use that stop. But, of course, the 38 will continue to run past the hospital, so there's no changes to those schedules. 
And I guess if you have mobility problems, you'll continue to use the regular bus. It could be a little bit disappointing for people, though, who've, who've seen this busway and think, ah, oh, it's great, it's going to make my trip to the hospital a little bit easier. Oh, hang on a second, I can't actually use it. We, well, you can use it, but we are very concerned that if you do have mobility problems, it, it, it is quite a walk. Because the busway is really an, an interurban transit system that takes you from one place to another very, very quickly. And if it kept coming off, on and off the busway, which it can in case of breakdown, it wouldn't get you there as quickly as it otherwise does. So the advice is, is if you are disabled, don't necessarily use the busway to get to the hospital. I'd continue to use the 38 if I had mobility problems, but if I was visiting, I would use the busway. Nigel, thank you very much indeed. Nigel Young has uh, been hanging around all morning. He's not got the coffees in yet. I don't know what that's about, Nigel. That's a little bit uh, disappointing. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you to Beth Gregson. Um, and as we've, we've heard there, the council is saying that the nearest stop on the regular bus is Stanton Road and the walk from the stop to the hospital is just over 700 metres. Uh, existing non-busway services will continue to serve the hospital. 08459 455 555. Bob's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Bob. Hello there. Um, I was thinking about using the, the new busway um, tomorrow to, to go to Luton. I actually live in Dunstable, um, but um, I asked Robbie last night on his show if um, I can use my bus pass, and he, he said he was going to let me know, but he didn't. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, we, we have, yes, you can. I'm getting the nod. Yes, you can use the bus pass on the busway. It operates as a normal bus, so it's the Fine, same fares, uh, you get the same concessions, and you can use the bus pass. That's great. Are, are, are you going to you, you're gonna have a go on it, are you? Yes, I was thinking about going to Luton tomorrow and do some shopping there. Do you think it's going it, it, it's to make a difference? Do you think it's going to change well, the face of Luton and Dunstable? Yes, I, I think so, because I've got a bus stop quite near to me, so uh, rather than use the car and everything else, that'd be quite handy. Um, I'll give it a try and see how it goes. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to offer you some guidance there. Thank you very much, Bobby. Thank Nelson you very Kings, much. And I know we've had uh, a few others, including Joyce and Alf, uh, who wanted to know about that. It, it operates as, as any normal bus. It's the same fares, you get the same concessions, uh, and you can use the same uh, bus um, passes. Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. Dave, what's your take on this busway? Well, you, you said to that man, it's the first conspiracy, what he said about the busway. It's, it's, we had a gentleman calling in who offered what I think is the first busway conspiracy, that it's an attempt by councils to grab land so they can build more houses. No, first no. First conspiracy I've heard. Yeah, well, no, we've had this conspiracy before it was built, even during it. It's, oh. it's, to, it's to bring all the shoppers from Toddington and Dunstall yes. into the Mall. Right. That's it's to bring the, shoppers, re- shoppers into the town, yes. Yeah, but to say they opened up one from Elton Regis now to um, Milton Keynes, it would be bye-bye to the Mall because everyone would be going to Milton Keynes shopping, well, like they are now. If they opened up a what, sorry? If they opened up the subway between Helton Regis yes. and the Milton Keynes, yes. a busway. They're, they're not doing that, though, are they? No, but they, the, the council wouldn't allow that to happen because everyone would be going on from the Mall yes. to... To Milton Keynes. Right, but, but they, they haven't done that. I, I, I don't think it's a conspiracy to say the council are hoping more people will come to Luton to use their shopping facilities. You don't. Well, you no, don't. I, think been, no. I think they've been quite open about it, therefore it's not a conspiracy. Well, it is, because the thing is, what's at Dunstable, what's at Toddington? Services. Nothing. Oh. Nothing. So everyone is going to come from right. Toddington and to, from Alton Reach of Dunstable down to the Mall. 
So that's you're, the biggest reason they okay. built that motorway. So uh, what, you're, motorway. what you're saying, Dave, if I've got this correct, is that it, it, it's not going to attract people to um, to Dunstable and Toddington. It's just going to attract them to Luton. That's correct. That's okay. correct. We, we got there in the end. Dave, uh, Dave I recognise your voice. You, you're not the fellow that I banned, are you? No, no, that was last month. Yeah, well, well, you're banned for the rest of the year, I thought. No, Cut no, him off, no, cut him no, off, no. Ollie. Cut him off, cut him off. He's banned. How on earth did he get on there, for goodness sakes? Uh, 08459 455 555. Dominic is in Toddington. Good morning, Dominic. Uh, good morning, Ian. Actually, I'm in Luton this morning, but... Oh, um, did you get uh, the busway? Uh, no, no, oh. uh, no. No, I, I will be later on... Well, I will be tomorrow to go back to Toddington. I'm really looking forward to using it. Oh. But, um, as I heard um, Justin saying to you... Um, few minutes ago that uh, the only thing is that um uh, a lot of people i know who um get on and off um the bus in dunstable they're going to have to change buses which is a oh. bit of a nuisance for them oh. why are the, why are they going to have to change buses what's what's uh, because of the it, hospital well um, partly that and also partly uh, the Toddington bus used to go into dunstable along the a5 and up right. um, towards Hatton regis but it won't be doing that we're just going straight on the oh. busway now not every service can be perfect, and and no. you know, with with you know, you you get some benefits from something. You're also going to possibly lose some things. In the great yeah. scheme of things, it, it it works out though better, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, um, I, I go into Luton from Toddington uh, quite a bit, and it's said to take about an hour. It's only going to take half an hour, which will save quite a lot of time. Well, isn't that? See, that's a fantastic benefit, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And you say you're going to use be using it later on in the week. Yes. Yes, I'll, I'll use it. All, I'll, I'll use it all the time. Well, well Dominic, listen. We, we, hopefully, we'll speak to you once you've used it, and uh, we'll get your uh, your full review as and when it happens. That's Dominic. He's not in Toddington, but he lives there. He's uh, he's in Luton today. We, 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 no, we're the BBC. We should be striving for accuracy in all of these things, of course. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. If you want to take part facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr and you can send me a text 81333 start your text 3cr it's coming up to a quarter to nine on bbc three counties radio let's get the latest travel news now with adam travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio M25 clockwise, still queuing after the vehicle fire earlier between the M4 and the M40, though all lanes have now reopened. Anti-clockwise, very slow, Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar through the roadwork section, and then from Kings Langley down to the M40. The M1 has been heavy in places from Luton Junction 10 down toward Hemel Hempstead at Junction 7, and through Dunstable, delays on the A5 southbound approaching Markgate. A1M southbound, quite busy from Hitchin at Junction 8, past Stevenage, down toward Wellin and Wellin Garden City at Junction 6. If you're going further into London, you can expect some delays on the A1 from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. Travelling on trains this morning? Well, your journey should be a better one. We've got no late runners and no delays reported. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, 8.46, this is uh, Wednesday, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. On the morning, Luton's new guided busway accepts its first passengers. The Taxpayers' Alliance is accusing the borough and central Bedfordshire councils of wasting public money by investing in road instead of rail. Firefighters across the three counties will take part in a four-hour strike from midday. Union bosses insist public safety will not be put at risk. And in sport, Watford are out of the League Cup after losing 3-2 at home to Norwich in the third round. Now, did you miss out of seeing your baby being born? According to the Sun, 
Simon Cowell just thinks there are some things that you shouldn't see. Well, is he right? 08459 555. Before that, let's get the weather now with Sarah Thornton. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. Of course, it's been a slow start this morning with some mist and fog patches across the three counties, but there is a bit of brightening going on as well, and we still have a little bit of drizzle just showing up on the radar where that cloud was thick enough just to give us a little bit. So it's clearing up all the time, and the story for the rest of the day today is that things will turn warm again and bright, if not sunny at times, with a top temperature in the best of any sunny weather of 21 Celsius, 70 in Fahrenheit, but even where it stays cloudy but bright, highs of 90. Degrees. A similar day for tomorrow across the three counties. Again, watch out for some mist and fog first thing tomorrow morning. And then uh, as we head towards the weekend, we're going to slowly start to see the more settled weather leaking away. So uh, actually a few showers just starting to head towards us on Saturday. More of those showers around on Sunday, but staying warm even between the showers with highs of 18 Celsius. In the meantime, just keeping an eye on that little bit of mist and fog still lingering right across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm Sarah Thornton with your three counties forecast. Original British drama on BBC One. What is this place? You're in Atlantis. You were drawn here by forces so powerful that they stretch between the worlds. The legend begins. Who am I? Jason. Whoever heard of a hero called Jason? Now, Hercules, that's a name to father a legend. I'm forgetting my manners. I'm Pythagoras. They've released the hunting lines. Who the hell has hunting lines? You're not like other men. You realize that. What do you mean? Atlantis. I don't understand my place in this world. Starts Saturday night at 8.25 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the sigh of a man who within the next 12 minutes will be jumping in a car, turning the heating up and then going and sitting in a building and defrosting. Uh, morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're outside Luton Station. It's the day that the uh, the guided busway opens and uh, we've been... Uh, one of the nice things about being outside, apart from the chilly weather, and let's be honest, it's been chilly and damp, um, is we get to meet lots of nice people. We've had lots of people coming up to us this morning and saying hello and um, respecting the no-touching rule that I like to impose on <laughs> listeners. I'm very funny about touching, Justin. Have you noticed? Uh, why do you touch me, then, so much? No, I hug you. I hug you because I, I feel that we're almost brothers. Um, sometimes a bit more than that, though, isn't it? Come here. Oh, Come here, big man. <laughs> now, the reason that we've got you here is, A, it's, it's your job. Uh, where have you been all morning, by the um, way? I, I've been here. I've been over to a house in Regis. I was on the first bus this morning uh, to Luton. Plus, I've been to the L&D Hospital, looking at that walk from the hospital to the actual bus stop on Stanton Road. And also, um, just sighing a few times this morning at you, saying, oh, I'm so cold. Oh, it's so chilly. <laughs> Ian, I do this every <laughs> single day for you. The thing is, I've seen how you approach people that you want to talk to you've got a real kind of uh, Saturday night fever yeah. you know walking like that oh I love from Ian Lee show it's a nice thing listen we, we'll talk about Simon Cowell in a second you Ooh. have been on the bus uh, this morning you were yeah. on the first bus what did you make of it um, it was just like for me any normal bus until I got onto the bus tracks now when I got onto those tracks it was about what 5.45 this morning it was dark it felt like something out of space because you're, you're going down these tracks you do get a lot of buses in space you, you, well yes you probably do but it felt very very strange and um, the bus was on time that was the first thing 
the buses were new and um, the service was good it got me here quicker um, some people this morning obviously being negative saying it's a waste of money but I spoke to one lady this morning who was travelling from Dunstable to the airport she's used the service in Cambridge this is going to save her a lot of time she can now get a direct bus from Dunstable to Luton Airport one thing when we uh, when we agreed to do this show today is I didn't want it to be a completely negative bashing of the thing mm. and we have started to get one or two more more than that voices mm. coming through saying no actually it's a good idea yeah it was a lot of money it's been spent but let's embrace it I think so I think you know a lot of people that are going to be going from Dunstable House and Regis to Luton uh, they will say yes it's fantastic it will save me time but the other way around going from Luton to Dunstable I think you'll get a lot of people here saying it's not for us now, uh, we've been talking as well about Simon Cowell this morning. Uh, he's, his uh, lady friend is having a baby. Uh, and he said, look, it's great she's having a baby, but I, to be honest, I don't want to be there. Now, I think to not be in the same room as the child being born is a huge mistake because it's an amazing thing. You're there for your partner, you're supporting them, um, and it's quite exciting. Uh, but I, 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 the first child, I wasn't allowed downstairs. There was kind of like a tent was put up, was erected around there. Uh, I saw the second one popping out, and... I kind of wish I hadn't seen it. It was an unpleasant thing. How could that be unpleasant? This is the birth of your child. You love your kids to bits. Yes. You know, you're a fantastic father, yeah. from what I hear. Um, but uh, why would you not want to be there and see that? Sure, I'll tell you why. Fantastic. Because no, when you see it coming out, when you see the head coming out, it's amazing. Yeah. It's what comes out before the head that's thoroughly unpleasant. It looked like brains. Yeah, but it's, it's nature. It's nature right in front of your eyes, and that baby's yours. Yes. You've been speaking... <laughs> yes, that baby is mine. I know, I'm still paying for it. Yeah. You have been speaking to people this morning. What's been the general consensus? Well, we spoke to a few men earlier who thought that, that Simon Cowell was absolutely crazy. Again, I've been speaking to men here at Luton Train Station in the last 20 minutes about the comments of Simon Cowell. Here's what people had to say. Yeah, so you have one child. You were there for the birth. A magical experience? Absolutely amazing experience. You know, seeing your, your kid born, my son, eight pounds, one one something he was yeah really emotional and fantastic did you cry yeah. absolutely yeah yeah i was completely <laughs> lost for words i mean you're yeah. almost welling up now talking about yeah, it again. no yeah it's amazing but he's 23 now but i yeah. mean yeah i can still remember the moment yeah, yeah. terrific memories yeah. for you so simon cow saying there's some things that us men shouldn't see um what's your thoughts on what he's saying i'll be honest I totally disagree with him, you know, I mean, he speaks like that, but he, he carries about a harem of his exes with him, and I don't think he looks upon women as most men do, do they, you know, their wives and girlfriends and that. He's a bit of a joke, you know, and I don't take him serious. Now, Ben, you had your first child eight months ago. Tell us about the birth. You were there. How magical was that for you? It's the best time of my life. You can't get any better than having seen your own baby being born. Mm. I wouldn't change it for the world. If anyone's in that situation, they should go and do it. Girl or a boy? A little girl. Nice and healthy? Yeah, she weighed £4.15. She was, she was born 11 days early, but they said that she should be fine. And now she's a mouthful little girl. Wonderful. And wouldn't change her for the world. Absolutely wonderful. Simon Cowell saying that uh, some things that us men shouldn't see. He's probably not going to be there for the birth of his child. Uh, what do you think about that? Is he absolutely crazy? He is absolutely crazy. I don't know why he's doing it. The bloke's mad in the head. And lastly, Ryan, you haven't got any children at the moment. But uh, you're adamant you don't want to be there for the birth, a bit like Simon Cowell. Tell us why. No, I just don't want to see that stuff. It just makes me feel sick. Really? Yeah. But it'll be your child. Yeah, no, nah, I can see it after. Well, after it's all born, I can go there, but not when it's being born. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. So you agree with Simon Cowell. You're the only person this morning that I found, but you genuinely agree with Simon Cowell. If your partner was giving birth to your child, you'd go into a different room, and then once everything's done with, you would then go in and then see your child. Yeah. 
You're crazy. Say something. Well, Debbie Bird is from Aylesbury and uh, a parent and the editor of babyworld.co.uk. Good morning, Debbie. What do you make of this? Uh, good morning. Um, pretty exciting, actually. It's um, really uh, quite a very interesting debate. <laughs> um, but I think Simon's wrong. I think he's, he should be going to the birth, definitely. There is, now listen, I was at the birth of both my boys. I, wouldn't, I can't imagine, I can't picture a world, you know, not so long ago when men weren't present at the birth of their, their children, that they would go and sit out in the hallway or even worse, sit in the pub. I was there at the birth of my boys. I do wish I hadn't seen what I saw the second time around, though. Debbie? We've lost, we've lost Debbie. We've lost Debbie. I do apologise. Uh, Justin, you, you're not a dad. It, it, it is. We'll try and get Debbie back and they'll let us know when uh, she comes back. Uh, Justin, it, it is an unpleasant... <laughs> okay. and you're right. It is nature. You were saying that you've, you've eaten placenta? No, 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 not me. Not me. No. But, but I know somebody whose uh, wife had a baby last week and uh, they were given the placenta to uh, take home with them and uh, do what they want with it. Some people uh, eat this apparently. Is some, people, some people do. They eat it. They freeze it. They roast it. They, they, they have placenta parties and they do those kind of things. That is taking things a little bit too far, yes. I think. Uh, lots of uh, comments on um, Facebook. You've been very busy on Facebook this morning. Thank you so much for that. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Um, and says he's uh, he disgusts me. I've censored that a little bit. Uh, Dan says uh, his choice. I'd like to think I'd not miss it for the world, but seeing my ex having a tattoo in pain, and I wanted to smash up the person doing the artwork. So unsure. The weirdest thing for me was when my first boy was born. Uh, the anaesthetist comes in, and my wife was very, very ill and was being very sick and uh, was in a lot of pain. And she we, we, she was going to have a natural birth, but then she said, "No, I don't want drugs." Give me the drugs, give me the drugs. And the anaesthetist comes in and he goes, uh, okay, we'll be doing the epidural. Hey, you're that guy off the TV. Yeah, can we have the drugs? Okay, I'll be back in a second. And he went out and he came back and said, yeah, I've just Facebooked that I'm uh, giving an epidural to a famous person's wife. Said, yeah, could you give us the epidural now, uh, please? Jenny says, it's a personal... Um, it's a personal choice and a decision a couple should reach between themselves. Some men, some men will be more of a hindrance than help. Some women don't want their partner to see them in pain. And that's the thing, I think, Justin, is that you are seeing the person you are in love with more than anything else in a lot of pain. It's, it's, it is unpleasant. Yeah, I know they're in pain, but surely if you love that person, you want to be there with them to help them. If your partner was, was even having, I don't know, a cold, they had a cold today, surely you want to be there to... No, to know, I, couldn't, I couldn't be near... Well, I, the thing is, if I get a cold, I don't work, I don't get money. That's so true. I don't want to be near them if they've got a cold. But, you know, in general, if your partner was in pain, you want to be there to help them, surely. Not, not walk away. Well, I mean, again, you're raising a lot of good questions there. Yes. Because, you know, they, they can be quite annoying if they're in pain. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they can't be annoying. But um, surely it's your job as a, as a good partner to be there. <laughs> so back up your lady friend. <laughs> the fact that you use the phrase lady friend detracts any credibility uh, that you, you may have had in there. Uh, Justin, listen, you've done a cracking job today. Well done. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, Thanks. Can, can you get us another coffee? Yeah, if you want, yeah. Yeah, where's the cash? <laughs> He's such a monkey. Uh, Justin Dealey, excellent stuff as always. Thank you very much indeed, and thank you for going on that busway. Uh, we'll be talking about the busway for the rest of the day. Don't forget, of course, you can go on the Facebook page and leave your comments throughout the day. They all get looked at, they all get checked, uh, and uh, we try and reply to as many of them as we can. Facebook.com 
forward slash BBC uh, 3CR. You can also send me an email. We've had quite a few stories recently that have come from you, dear listeners. So if uh, it's a big story that, that uh, covers your whole county or if it's a tiny story that you think just affects you, do send me an email and we'll we'll look into it. Uh, Ian.Lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. Uh, and if it's not right for this show, then we'll forward it on to the appropriate show. I've sent a couple of things on to JVS and a few things on to Nick Coffer. So um, they will generally get looked at and will be used. Right, it's 8.58. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Biggest queues this morning are on the M25, but they shouldn't affect you too much because it's mainly the southern stretch that's affected. It's clockwise where we had the vehicle fire earlier between the M4 and the M40, and it's causing big tailbacks into Surrey. But if you're joining around the M4 and the M40 there, it could be a little bit slow clockwise. Of course, anti-clockwise is busy in the usual spot from Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar through the roadworks. Also slow from Watford down to the M40 junction 19 to 16. M1 southbound, that's heavy from Luton toward Hemel Hempstead, junction 10 to 7. Dunstable and the A5 southbound has been slow moving moving from the Dunstable Road toward Lynch Hill in Markgate. A1M still very busy, looking at the cameras and the speed sensors, past Hitchin towards Stevenage Junction 8-7 to and then past Wellin as well. And if you're going further into London on the A1, you can expect the usual queues as you go southbound from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. Trains and tubes, though, at least they have been running well throughout the morning. Still no problems reported. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Well, that's it from outside Luton train station. Someone put the kettle on back at the station, please. I'm coming home. I'm very, very cold. Thank you to everyone who came down and said hello and took part. Nice to meet you all. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow at six o'clock from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.